Hey, this is uh, Flippin' a Mashin'. We got Parnell and Steve. Yep, we got our first interview. Whoa! <laughs> it's, a, it's a big deal. This is a big deal. This is we're legitimate. <laughs> and we have lots of listeners, so we need interviews. <laughs> I paid my friend Chris uh, to come. He has uh, he, a big collection. He lives a handful of hours away, but uh, he's got a lot of games, a lot of knowledge. And he really loves. I actually have a question about the podcast. Uh-oh. Oh, go ahead. Do you make a? Wait, pers- we ask you questions. Right, right. But do you make a personal <laughs> choice because you're? Uh, it's the one thing I was aware of. Do you make a personal choice when you're doing it that when you're talking about someone, you typically don't use their name, and you typically, you know what I mean? Like you're not very like, oh, my buddy, I bought this machine from my buddy Mike and that kind of stuff. You can say, oh, I got this guy that I bought this machine uh, from. I, you, you're not consciously doing that. No, sometimes I do because. Like, when we talk about our coworkers, sometimes I don't like to use their names if they're yeah, yeah. not aware. Right. Um, however, we're forcing you into... Yeah, yeah, right. No, that's but like, fine. Like, no that's last fine. names. Yeah, I try... Definitely not last names. Especially if I'm talking shit about somebody. <laughs> like, I don't want them to know. Maybe it was... There's a lot of Chris's, so like, it's not you. It's another jackass in Lake Geneva. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah. So how many games do you have? 26 games. That's, it's, that's pinball games. Yeah. It's embarrassing when you get this many because you forget. <laughs> like, I, where was I? Oh, I was down. Uh, I was just down in New Zealand, and there's a, a friend down there who's on the Pinside Forum, uh, Rotor Dave, and he has a very large collection, 170 some oh, machines. Wow. But built this massive edition on wow. his house just for pinball. So we were talking about pinball, and so he has a – we both have an affection for a specific – make of pinball machines called System 11 machines. Okay. And so he has amassed all the machines that were made in that line, which is 30-some machines. I think 30 or 31. And so he was asking me what machines I have, and I couldn't think of the machines I have. Oh, and, and you literally sit there, and you're like, all right, wait, if I go around the room right, on you the envision wall, your game room. trying to figure out which machines are where, and I forgot two that were in the room uh-huh. well, because I couldn't figure out bit. how to... Yeah, and I move them around from time to time. So... It is embarrassing that when you get to that point, you forget. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, wait, I got that one, too. You uh-huh, know? Uh-huh. I just had some friends who were using the house for their league night last night. Um, <clears throat> they had their person cancel, and so I was like, yeah, you can come over and use the house. I won't be there. Use the house. So I was telling the list of machines that were available, because like, there's a couple that aren't working or aren't working right now, and I forgot two of them. Out of the list, I'm like, oh, wait, I own that machine, too. Like, that's down there. You can use it. So. But you so have 26. more than pinball. What else do you got? Um, I mean, I've got a, a main machine, you know, that has everything loaded into it. Okay, yeah, like an arcade, yeah, yeah. Like, like an arcade. Bunch of... Yeah, it's the emulated. It's a PC, right? It's a Windows box. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. yeah. And then it just plays MAME, which is that. I don't remember the, what it stands for, but yeah, it's I don't a, either. And and it's all the old arcade games, kind of. Mashed. And I'm the wrong one to ask about it because I bought, I got it from a buddy because I own, I've only ever wanted elevator action. Like I want, I hadn't had elevator action. Is it like forever. number munchers or something? <laughs> no, you haven't played elevator I, I, action. I've never played. I don't know. Oh, it's so great. So it's an '80s game, um, but basically you're a, you're basically like a spy, and you get dropped in in this huge office building, and then you have to use elevators going up and down, and you shoot at the guys, and you have to go through doors and stuff like that. But it's all like single screen. Sure. So you come fun. in and out. It's really cool. Yeah, look it up. Um, <clears throat> and and so that 
was the only game I had wanted. At one point, I owned a Frogger. <laughs> one game. Right. At one point, I owned a Frogger <laughs> machine, and then um, and I, and then I had a, a Doctor Dude, and I loved Doctor Dude as well. So that was a that was an arcade game. Yeah, it was an arcade game. Yeah, yeah. it's a pinball machine. No, 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 not Doctor Dude. Or sorry, not Doctor Dude. Sorry, wow. Mister Dude. That's my bad. Who the fuck is Mister Dude? Yeah, right. Is that Mr. you? You put your own self in a game? No. <laughs> yeah, Mister Dude is the name of the game. It's a, and it's you know it's kind of like a weird version of Dig Dug. Oh, okay. So it's kind of that same thing. So, <clears throat> so those are the machines I had, and I was like, oh, it'd be fun to have them. So my buddy had this main machine that he was kind of getting out of his basement because mm-hmm. he was out of space. And so I took it. It has like 4,000 games oh, on it. Oh, really? It has like all the Japanese games that were ever created by Nintendo. You know what I mean? Like, sure. So you get like Pac-Man and it's got 15 versions of Pac-Man oh, on wow. it. So, and, but it's, it was designed well because then you can create favorites. So you sure. don't ever have to go like Even digging better. through all that stuff. But oh, it's yeah. there if you want it. So, But it, it's been probably six months since it's been turned on. And you're, <laughs> you, have, you have more games. What do you mean? In your basement. What other games do I have? Oh, that's true. I have a bubble hockey. You have a Super Checks. I have a Super Checks that uh, a friend changed to. He repainted it and redid all the guys so it looks like um, the movie Slapshot. Okay. Um, Most people up here should know Slapshot, right? So he did classes for the guys and they've got blood and redid their jerseys and it's 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 pretty great. It's pretty great. They should remake one that has the Mighty Ducks. Versus that, who's that team from the Hawks from from uh, oh, Iceland? From, yeah, yeah I, I, I'd buy that one. <laughs> we can repaint mine. That I just brought to the office, and we can sell it to you. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now you figured out how to finally sell it. Just repaint. <laughs> <laughs> repaint a Mighty Ducks and the Hawks. Uh, I thought about doing the local college, uh, University of Minnesota Duluth versus like the Gophers or North Dakota because those are pretty That'll big sell. rivalries. That would sell as well. Um, and I have two sets of players, so I could easily keep it the original USA versus Russia, and then the the painted guys. Yeah. That's a thought. Millennials probably don't even know what the Mighty Ducks are anymore. No, that's probably true. And they filmed that crap in Minnesota. Did they really? Yes. Yeah. Rose Minneapolis. Yep. What did the old XL? No, Roseville. Roseville Arena. Oh, had no idea. And oh, ice cream. they like the oval. The, the rich kid in it. They call him a cake eater, which to me, I'm used to like we call uh, people yeah, and East. Yeah, we call them all cake eaters. Apparently, that's a Minnesota thing. It means that you're from the rich side of town. Yeah, right. You, you got your cake and you're gonna eat it too. Well, apparently in Boston, because they came over and they did the research on Minnesota, and like so they watched the Mighty Ducks and all this different stuff to try to get. All their knowledge from Minnesota, they couldn't. Like, what the heck is a cake eater? So they just thought it was so funny. I was like, oh, we use that all the time. I didn't realize that was, that was just a Minnesota thing. <laughs> I don't think I realized it was a Minnesota thing because I've heard it for years. But I guess okay. I live in Wisconsin, so maybe oh. I heard it. You know, like well, there you go. It was just Midwest, probably. Maybe. Yeah, right. Maybe yeah. it's a Midwest thing. Yeah. Do you have a top potato? Top potato. What's that? Oh shit! It is an ass. Get out of here. Oh, what's that? I don't know. It's like cre. Sour cream with it's like a sour cream, like with ranch almost in it. It's like kind of like chives and it's oh, like flavored sour cream. No. People are yeah, nuts. That, that's a big Minnesota huh. thing. And is it like designed to then use on potatoes and yep. things like and that? And chip dip, yeah. Yep. Oh right, right. People yeah. usually buy a bag of chips and a container of top potato, and they just oh, you mean like it's something that's pre-made? Yes. Yeah. It's not like someone makes it. You oh know, no, make yeah. It you just buy it. Guess who huh. sells it? Who? Walmart. Oh, they <laughs> sell everything. I think Old Dutch does as well. Oh, I think they make it. Yeah, but. <laughs> Target up here did not have it when they first started their grocery store. And then there were some very angry people. Really? No. Because Walmart had shut down to update or something on the inside, Uh, so all the 
all the people flooded to Target, and I, I had, my story was I was in Target in the produce, and all of a sudden I hear this guy yelling across <laughs> the produce section at an employee, y'all got that them there, top potato? <laughs> Yeah, I just started freaking laughing. I just had to walk away because it was just ridiculous. And they didn't have it, so I was just, that person was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What are you about. even talking about? It's not in my scan machine. I don't know what that is. Uh, so that that line, every time I, we talk about it, like like Nikki's family, it just come. I just yell it out. It's, it's funny. <laughs> so, yes, it's embarrassing that you can't remember how many machines you have. It's understandable. Twenty six. Yeah. I mean, that's silly. I mean, Steve my, has my, one. My, he forgets the a, name of it. I had four kids. Could remember a name. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's all relative. It's, it's all relative. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, of your machines of the twenty six, which ones do you think you play the most, or which ones are your favorites? Yeah, I mean, they're all my favorites. I mean, like Parnell and I were discussing this weekend, is that I I don't. There's very few machines I've gotten rid of. Because at this point, I think I've had maybe 70 machines in and out of the house through collecting and all that kind of thing. There's very few that I wouldn't take back. Okay. So <clears throat> it's like hard. Like Sopranos we've talked about. Where yeah. You like I would, and, you, and you want it. I want it back again. Yeah. Like I miss Sopranos. Um, but like my Guns N' Roses will never leave. Mm. My, my Guns N' Roses will never leave because I grew up on Guns N' Roses. Sure. Like that was the band mm. that I listened to. But also... When I started, because I'm old, <laughs> I got that thing shipped from the East Coast oh, for fourteen hundred dollars. Oh man, for fourteen hundred dollars, wow. and now you find them for like five grand or something. Oh yeah, like yeah. That. And so I can't let that machine go at all because I'll never have it again. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like it'll never happen again. So we should preface this where you kind of collect music themed. Yeah, I collect music. I work in the music business, so I collect. Except Aerosmith. Well, only because. I got married in my funds in the last. The way I'm I just got neutered. Funds. Well, I mean, and it's it's fair. Like I, at some point, I like how you rationalize it by being fair. Well, my no, it is. <laughs> I'm no. also out of space. You have my house. So what am I gonna do? There you go. Send it up there to me. Go. Yeah, my wife will get pissed too. We'll have right. Well, exactly. angry wife pissed club. Uh, right. So I. Oh, no, yeah, it is fair. It is. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? So I collect music themed machines for the most part, and so. Or for the start of it, so I've got a large collection of the, the more modern ones. I don't, you know, collect like old the one? old uh, heavy metal meltdown. Okay. <clears throat> I don't collect like the Dolly Partons or mm. you know the old school Kiss one because it wasn't much fun and that kind of stuff. So I collect newer ones that are music themed. Sure. So. Speaking of that, there's a rumor of what Iron Maiden coming up. Yeah, so I've heard it from four different people that know kind of people that yeah. Iron Maiden's definitely happening. And then obviously Alice has his oh, yeah, Cooper, yeah the Alice Nightmare Cooper Castle Nightmare Castle is coming out from Spooky. Which is so e- pretty amazing. So even if that like most music theme games like like Metallica and Kiss, you pick a song, right. you play the song like ACDC. But the Alice Cooper game is going to be a little different. Now there is a handful of his songs in it, but it's more of fighting monsters and exploring this haunted castle. Right. So is that okay with you still? Yeah, it's, I mean because you like him. I like Alice Cooper. I think I got to see the machine first. I'm never buying anything based on it's, you know, coming up. If Metallica was a dog, I would not have bought Metallica. What about, what about Rob Zombie? Because you, know? you bought that before. I love Rob. I, did you buy it before playing? Uh, I did. So I somehow, because I travel so much, somehow I missed the entire thread on Pinside as the, the, the meter that most people go to to find stuff out in pinball. 
I missed the entire thread about them building a Rob Zombie machine. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like sure. completely missed it. Sure. And then so at one point, I'm reading through the thing, and they're like, oh, you know, Rob Zombie. I'm like, what is this? And clicked on it. And at that point, they had already taken the pre-orders. They had basically sold all the machines. Oh, wow. And so, and so I had gotten – I had called them and said, listen, I'd be interested if someone backs out, put me on the list. And so through the process of whatever, I ended up ended up on the list near right near the end. I think I'm 298 out of 300 machines. Okay. Which and so I went to play it because they had the prototype. They needed $1,000 down. Uh-huh. And so they their place is two hours from me. So I drove out because they had the prototype sitting there. And I went and played it for a few hours one day to know that that's what I wanted. <clears throat> so, oh, so you did – so I you did be, end up being able to play it before right. You I played it to go. Down. Yep, it's here. I did the same thing with ACDC when ACDC was oh, released. Really? It, I was living in Chicago. Was I? No, I still I was in, in Wisconsin. I think so. They were announcing ACDC, and I'm a firm believer that you can you can fix most code to make a machine great, but if the hardware isn't right, like it doesn't shoot right, or it feels weird when you shoot, you can't fix that once it's done. Mm. And that'll keep me from buying something. You know what I mean? Like X-Men is a really great machine, but that third flipper, which is very important, the machine is freaking hard to use, you know, Mm. and I'm not a real great third flipper guy. So I went down to play ACDC and went, and everyone, at that point in ACDC's evolution, everyone's complaining about code and said, the code's crap. It's not complete. This is awful. And I went and played it. I'm like, nope, the shots are all great. The layout's really good. They can fix code. You know what I mean? So and I'm like, the, I yeah. want one. So, Same thing with Metallica. Yeah, right. Yeah, and both of those games now are freaking are monsters. But I mean, I was a big. I mean, I said it from the beginning because everyone would sit in, in the pinball circles and at you know playing at people's houses like, oh, the code's awful on this machine. It's not right. Blah blah blah. I go listen. They use us for R and D. Sure. They put out a reduced code. Right. And then everyone plays the game and goes, wow, it'd be amazing if it does this. They watch the forums. They listen to people. What if it did this? What if it did this? And they go, well, we didn't have to think about that. Let's just make it do that. Right. You know what I mean? So they, they get us for code because then they, they fix it. And then they come and fix the machines with code, and they're great. Also, how many people are actually getting to the end of the damn game? Yeah, like, right. All these people about Ghostbusters <clears throat> complaining about the – it's like right. I want it. Don't get me wrong because I want my game to be complete. But – I can't get fucking four modes completed. This is the reason I have people come over to my house and play games because I sit over their shoulder and go, wow. Oh, we had that. <laughs> I didn't know I did that. <laughs> that one night at League at Your House when I was there, that was one that... dude blew up Kiss or whatever. He was he was one of the top players in Wisconsin. Well, yeah. I don't know if it was Kiss. There was a, Maybe you weren't at he that party. Kiss. There was a guy right. who came over and blew up uh, Scared Stiff. I wasn't there for that one. So, yeah, he's like one of the top players in Wisconsin and he came over to like an open party I had. And so... Sure. There is a function in Scared Stiff where it has a spider wheel on the back of it, and you, as you play the game, you can pick things on the spider wheel. And so if you get all the things on the spider wheel, what I think is probably 20-some different things you have to get, it, there's a multi-ball and a thing, you know, a, a mode that you can then play. I've never seen it. Uh-huh. I had only heard about it. And so I'm playing a machine, and I hear the machine across the room doing something I've never heard before. Right. I, like, stop playing. I'm like... What's going on over here? I went over to right. check it out. So, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. There, are, Most of my machines I'll never see a, a 50% of what it can do. So that's why it's important to have it shoot well and be fun. Yeah. And with, like, decent code for a while so that you can just play it and enjoy. Right. 
until the code's done. And, and, uh, and zombie is one of those that a lot of people don't enjoy because it shoots strangely. Like it is a, uh, it's an odd it, layout. It's an odd layout. I tend to like a lot of odd layouts as well. So it shoots strangely. The shot, the the shot that's really important to start modes and further yourself into the game is a really super tight shot. So if you can't hit that shot, you're not doing anything in that game. You just aren't. So. I know that's why it has somewhat of a bad rap mm. out there and people shy away from it, but I, I mean, the artwork's great and I'm a heavy metal guy, so I think I Rob Zombie's it. amazing. Right. I, the game right. is unique and it like didn't make me love it when I played it, but I thought it was kind of fun and interesting and the calls were awesome because yeah. he did the custom calls <clears throat> and it swears. It's a super cool game. Now, Alice, so back to Alice. I want to see it first. I definitely enjoy Alice's music. So that will be a determining factor if they put music in it. If they shy it like they have said, there'll be some music in it, but it's not necessarily an Alice music pinball machine. That is, they've been very Aren't upfront they about listed that. Well, maybe they have. It was yeah, like six or eight songs or something? Yeah, I haven't, you know, that kind of stuff, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to all the yabbering and chatter and stuff because there's so much noise <clears throat> out there before you oh, get yeah. to... Here's what we're doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Alice, I mean, I want to see. The, the the tiny, Parnell sends me, you know, text messages with something that gets posted on Facebook or stuff like that because I don't, I don't really pay attention to most of that. Oh, the teasers they've been sending. But the little teasers, and it literally is maybe a two-inch by two-inch square <laughs> of some part of the machine. I'm like, <laughs> what? You, you can't tell anything. Right, like, right. What kind of teaser is this? Right. The teaser they released for the Alice, video, right? the video that yeah. they released a couple of weeks ago, it doesn't show anything of the machine actually playing, if I remember correctly. It shows the machine, but I don't know about it playing. Right. You don't see anything. I'm like, what kind of teaser is this? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, they're supposed to release it at TPF, right? So Correct. Yeah. March. Yeah. Texas so Pinball Festival, which is March. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to premiere there. Is and then, that... The big pinball festival. That's one of them. Okay. It is. Be, I think it's become it's one of the big ones. There's a few. You know, there's like a West Coast one that's really big. Um, Allentown, I still think, is pretty big. What's and the then, one in Chicago that's kind of winding down? Like, well, Expo, yeah, Expo is kind of Expo, but you know, kind of. You know, there's a whole controversy around yeah, yeah. the pinball Expo thing and that show. But it started out. That show started out as that's that was their convention, like CES and those. Was kinds it like of an operator convention? Yeah, it was an operator yeah. convention. Is how it started. And so that's what it always was because at the time, all the major companies were manufacturing pinball machines in Chicago. And they everyone bring, was located. There. I think they would bring uh, prototypes of the new games to yeah. kind of get ups uh, excited. And exactly. Pre-order. And so they would premiere new games, and they would, you know, that's obviously where they sold new games. And then part of it was they had like an expo floor, and all back in the day when the internet really wasn't as prevalent as it was. You had guys that had booths the size of, you know, your conference room over there, which mm. is, what, 50 by 60 or something yeah. like that. That was all just parts. Mm-hmm. You know, all the parts mm-hmm. they yeah. had amassed and things like that. So that show has unfortunately had a bit of a decline because, and I've never had an issue, but the person who runs the show is a little bit hard to deal with, not very friendly, and so the show has suffered because of that because now with the internet everyone talks about it and goes, well, who wants sure. to go there and do that? So there are other people who have started other shows and they become, you know, very big shows. And I think part of the reason they become big shows is because, like, MGC, for instance, which is our show that happens down in Milwaukee, it's a regional show. Mm-hmm. So 
people in the region support it because it's your hometown show. Right. So that's kind of what happened to some of these other shows, and then they just got huge mm-hmm. because everyone goes, well, that's the show to go to. Well, and MGC just changed venues. Correct. And now I'm torn on going because the new venue, the, it was awesome at the old place because it was in a hotel, and they kind of took, they took over the entire hotel. Yeah. All the ballrooms, all the conference rooms got taken over with machines and video games and arcade. But then you'd, you could walk up to your room, pour a drink, go to take a nap, do whatever, eat, come back down. And then there's the VIP party. Everything was there. You didn't have to go anywhere. You never had to start your car. Yeah, and I think when you think about that show and its evolution, your biggest complaint is that you can't pour a drink anymore. <laughs> Wow, yeah. <laughs> also, though, it was cool because, like, a friend of ours, he would brew beer and right. bring two kegs with. So right. for when you brought a machine, you got a VIP ticket. Right. And that Saturday night, it was VIP only. It was, par- it was a party room. that they had for everyone who brought machines. Because mm-hmm. for the longest time at that show, on a Saturday afternoon, you couldn't move in the space that they had. Wow, for like, pinball. For pinball. And it was arc- arcades and everything was in the same hall. You literally couldn't move through that room because there were so many people. So Saturday night was always the thank you that Dan, the guy who puts on the show, and Gary, the other guy, their partners, put it on. They then always host a party that is, hey, thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing your games to make the show a success. So at that point, it's a couple hundred people and not close to a thousand people. You're trying to... Yeah. Fight your way through, and, so. got and food. you can actually enjoy, and you can enjoy it. Right. And it and it started like eight o'clock or eight thirty at night, and I think at, at, in the beginning there wasn't a cap, so you could stay till six a.m. if you oh wanted. And now I think it's three o'clock. They shut it down. Yeah, two mm-hmm. or three o'clock. They yeah, shut down. They shut it down. But I mean, I remember the first time I went to MGC, I stayed up the entire night till five six in the morning playing because I was like, I'm never going to see Tales of the Arabian Nights again. Right. And then it got cut to two o'clock or whatever, and. Which is still fine. But it's still, the last two years, we're busy the entire time until it closed. Yeah. Um, but they had food, and then we had the handcrafted beer from a couple of people. And uh, So, yeah, so the change this year will be it's at a convention center. And obviously with a convention center, there's a lot more rules oh, that, yeah. that they have to abide by because it's just the rules of the place. Right. Now it's there's no way around else's it. Venue. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like CES. Yep. You can't just come in and do whatever you yeah. want. Well, you you know what I mean? It's Vegas. No, nah, not really. They sell alcohol right now in the booth. Well, that's true. They're, th- right. That's This is true. Right. But, Which is surprising but if they decided that you couldn't. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> so do whatever you want. <laughs> But if they had made the rules that you can't do that, then you no. just have to simply abide by exactly. them. Exactly. So there'll be some growing pains. And there'll be some this, changes. This first year is going to be a big transition because, yeah. like, my curmudgeoning ass is now I have to walk across the street or yeah. I think they're a block or two away. There's two hotels right next yeah, to it. Yeah, but there's it. a bunch of skywalks like there are in the yeah. Twin Cities. You know what I mean? Like, you can get between those buildings. So, so there's ways to get, but you have to – it takes yeah. more time. Yeah. And now there's – they lock down the drinking and food, so everything is kind of – you have to buy it from the convention center. Right. And it's going to be a bartender, and you right. have to buy it from them. And I think that's the thing that will be the biggest change and the thing that will hurt most of us as hobbyists because we – most of us go for the after party. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So us VIP people, that's what we're pissed off about. But the general populace of wanting to go play, they don't give a shit. Yeah, they don't They care. come in during the day. They don't want to drink. They want to just come – play, maybe eat, and then they take off and go home. And then at night, it's the guys who brought the games at... Right, and I think that's where you're hearing most of the people talk about it, is because those are the people... I mean, you know, I mean, the first year I went and took a game, 
the caliber of game you saw was, for the most part, you know, people are bringing out their babies. You know, right. these machines that they have added a bunch of modifications to, or it is a home use only machine, and you know, is beautiful and the in, best of the best. Exactly, and so those people are the people that you've always relied on to bring machines, and so. And most of those people brought machines because they got that little special thing at the end. Because most of us don't ever go in there on show day except to walk by our machine every once in a while to make sure it's not messed up. So there'll be some growing pains with that. I think the change could be at some point is that, and of course it's an unpopular view because everyone has had it for so long, is that sell a wristband for the after party that is only for people who brought games. Hey, Want to pay 20 bucks? Drink as much as you want? Here's a wristband. Mm. So you still pay for the after party, but you bought that wristband for 20 bucks. And no one should take this the wrong way, but most people can scrounge up 20 bucks if you have pinball machines in your basement. So sell a wristband that allows people to get free beer and you have solved everyone's complaining problem at the after party because they can walk up and get a wristband and drink a bunch of beer for free. Yeah. And you know. the only hard part, like, you're pretty close to the convention. Mm-hmm. Um, when I would go with a buddy, mm-hmm. um, we tried to leave at 12 or 1, just because we had that six-hour, five-hour Right, drive. yeah, it's like a six-and-a-half-hour drive from here, or seven-hour drive to Milwaukee, six hours to Milwaukee. Yeah, so we have a fucking drive, and then usually we would get home... You try to pull your game out, and it takes an hour, and then you pack up, and then there's a stops for eating and peeing on the way home. And so you get home at like 10, midnight, and you work the next day. But everybody's complaining, but you're pulling your games out early. It's like, hey, fuck you guys. Uh, one, if they're the general people, you didn't bring a game. Right. And two, I got to drive uh, further than Milwaukee away. So back to your pinball machines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got left real fast. <laughs> Back to your pinball machines. All right, so what is the the machine that you had uh, to work the hardest to find or to get? Man, what that, you struggled the most for that is, you know, honestly, it really comes down for the most part, and it's changed in the last three years. Honestly, price drives everything now. Mm. Because there's been such an increase of what people are paying for machines, uh, any machine now that I look for, because I use the example of the the Guns and Roses of that I paid you know that price to have it shipped to me, that's kind of my meter now. So I struggle with the increase in price on all machines because I remember when it wasn't like that. Um, so I, Scared Stiff was a big one. I looked for my Scared Stiff for a long time. Probably almost a year. Did you play it previously? So then you yeah, knew that yeah. you needed that. Okay. Yeah, that that was one I had played um, that you saw out on route and stuff like that. Like when machines were still kind of out there, and then it shows and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, anything that's in my basement, I had played previously. The actually the only one I never played but knew I wanted was Bad Cats. Worlds. Oh, well, that never made it to my basement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bad Cats was the one that I never played, but I had played it. No, I had never played it, but it just looked so fun, and everything I'd read about it, and it was kind of become this say, weird, every, popular yeah, that title. Yeah, game grew. In Same with Swords of Fury. Oh, what did Spooky bring that back? This whole Lion Man thing, and they're just screaming Lion Man all the time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, what? Yeah, I don't know where that where that came from. But so, what do you mean by screaming? Oh, so, so in Spooky's the, a podcast, and they would just 
don't know. Everybody just starts yelling Lion Man. So in, in the, the pinball machine, oh. Swords of Fury. Yeah, okay, we should explain. Part that. of the um, audio call-outs is that you're battling, you're in this mythical world and you're battling this guy and he's the Lion Man and he's okay. kind of like the chief or whatever. Okay, okay. And so at some point when you're about to go battle him, he starts screaming out, Lion Man, Lion Man. So some people started just yelling out Lion Man sure. and it took hold. And so, yeah, so that's kind of where that came from. But. So you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a call-out from Waterworld and just start screaming it all the time. And I'm going to drive that price up. I mean, I already sold both my Waterworlds, but I'm going to... Have you heard the Waterworld story? Uh, I... Which one? So let's Probably do the, not, Let's actually. do the second one. All right, so, sure. Listen, I, I think Parnell's great. So I'm going to preface I, this I met, by saying... I met Parnell through friends, okay. and, and we've come, become good friends, and, yeah. and obviously because we've shared a, an interest in pinball and stuff like that. And so... I was going to Pinball Expo one year, and Parnell had found a Waterworld for sale in the Chicagoland area, and, and, and Expo's like an hour and a half from my house. Okay. So I was going down there with friends. So Parnell's like, hey, listen, I found this Waterworld. I really like, you know, at that point he had sold his first one. It was my missed, first game. So right. Yeah. Missed his Waterworld. Oh, I need Waterworld back. As uh, Parnell likes to say, it's the poor man's uh, medieval madness. Not to sidetrack, you now have a medieval madness. Yeah. Is, is Waterworld a poor man's medieval madness? It's better than medieval <laughs> I don't madness. believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he hit me up and said, listen, I've got an opportunity to grab this Waterworld. Do you think you could get it for me? I said, Absolutely, I can grab it. At some point, we'll have to figure out when you're going to pick it up or I'm going to bring it to you or whatever. No big deal. There's plenty of room in my garage to sort. No problem. Figure out your deal. Oh, hey, can you pay for it? Yeah, yeah sure. I can pay for it as well. And then you can owe me the money at some point. Whatever, whatever you want to do. No problem. Again, it's totally fine. I don't care. It's, and I know he's good for the money, so I'm not like, I'm like right. that's not a stranger. Sure. And so I get it uh, and like made, made the deal in the parking lot at nine o'clock at night drag it out of some guy's trailer put it in my friend's van that i rode down with bring it back to my house put it in the garage for a couple months i think so probably three or four months until you came down to get it or no, no. oh right i came north at one point because my family my extended family all lives in hudson so we met in the parking lot of sunray lanes of sunray lanes and he He's like, yeah, let's, you know, I move it over and we try to put in his car. It doesn't fit in his car. <laughs> the head, it doesn't slide in the back because sure. the head. So at this point, I still think Parnell's a great guy. And he's standing there going, well, what do we do? What do we do? And I go, well, let's pop the bolts off the head and just slide the head forward on the cabinet because it was like, you know, maybe a quarter of an inch. That's all you need to slide it in. You don't have to disconnect any wires or anything like that. Let's just do that and then we'll slide in. He's like, well, I don't have any tools. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You don't have any tools to do this? So so anyway, so then maybe a month later. It feels like it was a week, but it was probably a month later. When was later. Expo? When's Expo? Let's see, I don't remember. I can't remember. So, so maybe a month later, he's like, I think I'm going to sell this. And I was like, you <laughs> he's like, it's, <laughs> it's not what I remember. <laughs> I, told him, I was like, what are we doing? After all of that struggle, all after that, all of that time. All of that. Okay. After so, all of that. Expo is around October, October. 11th, yeah, yeah. 15th. So I because I remember it was the winter time when we were moving that machine. We, I grabbed it, yeah, and then I sold it at MGC. Yeah, so you had it less than four months. Yeah, you probably actually you actually probably and had you it had less it than four in months in your garage right. for like three months. You probably had it for maybe a month and a half before in your person in before you decided you were selling. I remember having it. Good point. And Good. I remember maybe playing five games on it. So, as a result, I no longer buy machines for Parnell. 
But I also sold Checkpoint, so like it was that the time when I brought two games down. And I, I don't know why you're trying to justify the selling of Waterworld, the machine you had to have. It's a heavy game, too. Oh, yes, it's so heavy. So, I, so anyways, back to your question, which was eons ago at this point. Yeah, I mean, the Bad Cats was one of those that was I had looked for a really long time and tried to find the right machine. Because I tend to want machines that the play fields are really nice. Okay. Um, I have friends who restore stuff, and I can send them to restore stuff and all that, which I'm happy to do. But I like them when they play nice because that's what you're looking at. I want it to look nice, and I don't want it to be chewed up. So I spend more time trying to find machines that are in good condition so that I don't have to do a pile of work to them. But then you, you have to, nowadays, pay more. Well, right, and as a result, you have to pay more. So there's obviously that, that thing that has to happen to try to figure it out. Because when I found my Bad Cats, I actually bought two of them from the same person. They had two of them for sale, and so I bought both of them as a package deal so I can make one good machine. Oh, but you put a new playfield in it, right? And then I had bought, I had got, well, oh. at that point, I didn't know I was going to buy a Bad Cats, and oh. lucky, luckily, Rusty over in, uh, the, over in um, Wisconsin, over up in, like, Marathon is where he lives, he had, the, had, the company started remanufacturing these playfields, you know, and so... He had signed up to buy one of them. Well, when you had signed up to buy one through the company, they would allow you to buy as many as you want. So he knew I was interested in a Bad Cats because I had now had bought one, and I didn't get a chance to get a play field before that. So he's like, well, I could get another one for you if you want. So he got another play field oh, for that's me. Like, okay, cool. So that's how I ended up getting a play field. Because that looks, good. looks – so they come – they don't come clear-coated. Well, no, they, they come clear-coated. They don't come with the super clear. Like Right. They just come at with the, the standard clear-coat. Clear code. Yeah. But then you can add on in like an automotive. Yeah, I didn't do that with that no. one. God, it, it looks so gorgeous though. It's. I mean, it's so it's smooth. you basically have a machine that was manufactured in 1989. I think it was was made, and it's a new playfield that has been remanufactured by a company to the same specifications and standards that the old one was made, and then uh, I bought some new plastics for the machine. At that point, there were new ramps being produced. So it literally is like having the machine when it rolled off the line. Wow. Yeah, when it was made in nineteen eighty nine, it is very nice, and you didn't have to pay six grand like you have to pay for machines. That's awesome. <clears throat> so, the other two didn't have a playfield that was even worth your time, or was it that the other one was so much better? No, he, neither of them had playfields that were great. Okay, the one had a better play. So the one had a better playfield, but like the ramp on the one that had a better playfield was trashed. Okay, and the one had a better cabinet. So I think the one that had the worst play field had a better cabinet. And so I literally took both machines and moved Makes a whole bunch of parts around to make one decent machine. And then took the other one and sold it to my buddy. Which, you know, I mean, I, I only, in the, in the hobby, for the most part, there have been exceptions to the rule, I try to get out what I put into machines. Because it's a hobby. I'm not making this as a business. I just want to sell that machine so it's out of my way. So I have those funds to then buy another machine. So at the time, I was, you know, I made a really good deal on that machine to him. And in turn, when he got a machine recently, he's like, hey, I got this machine in. And instead of selling it to me for what the market is, he sold it for what I sold the Bad Cats to him for. Awesome. So there's a bit of that that, you know, I'm kind of mindful of that I do. But yeah, so. It's good that, that's where you get that really good friend circle in the hobby. Yeah. And you kind of just share stuff between. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you share your time to pick up machines that guys want and then turn around and sell because they don't want I them. Even Things you. like that. I probably didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think Bad Cats is the one I searched for the longest. Yeah. 
So how did you get into pinball? Yeah, how did you get interested in, in the very first place? So when I was a kid, I started out, my parents were in a bowling league. And I would go to the bowling alley, and they had an APB. I don't know if you guys have ever seen APB. It's a driving machine. It's fantastic. And so it's a you're a police drive, you're a police car, and it's an upright, but they also had a sit down. And so you've got the steering wheel, the gas pedal, and then a button. You have two buttons. I think you got a forward and reverse, and you got a button to uh, turn on your siren when you're going to chase somebody, and then turn it off and something like that. So, anyways, and then it's got and on top it had a light bar on top of it. That I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because I was just going to ask you, does it have a light bar on? Yeah, top? yeah. So it's got yeah. the light bar on top. So, anyways, I played that religiously when I was a kid, and so fast forward, you know number of years later I was living and working in Kansas City and the guys I worked for were into into arcades and and pinball and stuff so at the time in the mid 90s there was a reasonably good arcade auction that happened in Kansas City every like 3 months like always a lot of operator stuff oh, lots of arcades most. right like like true auction you could get style. them cheap you could get them cheap not anymore not anymore they were like true right. auction styles it was back when operators were like this ain't making any money I just want it out of the warehouse so I can buy something else. And it was like all operators selling the yeah, and all operators selling their stuff. So it was pinball and arcades and cranes and all that stuff. And so they would do one every three months or something in Kansas City. And so we went. He was buying a pinball machine. I had never really paid attention to pinball at all. And so he went and I bought my Riverboat Gambler that I still have. Wait, what, what year was this? Ninety. This would have been 96 or 97. Okay, so yeah. Um, so I bought my Riverboat Gambler for $350. Oh and so, you know, this is a System 11 machine. I've had it forever. but And that was a great price. And everything that day, like um, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the pinball machine was another. Like everything that day. That, I've never even seen that. Yeah. Oh, my God. They were all selling for like 300 bucks. <laughs> Knowing what I know now, I should have bought them all. Like, <laughs> yeah. who cares? Go into debt because at that point, I didn't have any money. The job I had, I, didn't, I wasn't making any money. should have gone into debt and bought all those machines and just had them. So I decided I was buying a pinball machine, and that it only took that one pinball machine, and I was like, no, I'm done with arcades. Because at that point, I had a couple others. I had a Pac-Man. I had some other stuff. And so I was just like, get rid of all that stuff. This is what we're doing now. And so, so – you. The addiction bit you like everybody else, where you yeah. get one and all of a sudden it's like, Absolutely. burp, sell well, the family. <laughs> well, right, exactly. And so, <laughs> so when I lived there, I only had the, the one pinball machine, moved back to Wisconsin and through life and all that kind of stuff, had gotten like two, I had three at that point. I had uh, Guns N' Roses and then I had uh, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Mm. And then moved back to, uh, to Lake Geneva where my family all lives and stuff like that and bought a house and had a basement. And it needed to be finished. It was completely unfinished. So I kind of figured out how we were designing it to finish and had it finished. And and th- when the ba- the day the basement was finished, because at that point I had three machines, the day the basement was finished, in the next two years I probably bought 12 to 15 pinball machines. <laughs> wow. Just like, oh, well, there's more room. Right, <laughs> you right. build it up. Load Let's up. go. Yeah, so they it happened fast. fast. Yeah, they, yeah. We're waiting on Steve's second game. Yeah. Which I think is a great game if that's the game you're going for, for Batman Forever. If that's well, I, I think I won't say need to flip up a couple times to get there. Yeah. I, I think we're going to um, get the new power supply board. I got yep. the driver board on order. We'll clean it, and then we'll we'll probably try flipping it. Mm-hmm. And then you can just bankroll the next. We'll play it for a little bit. Nah. We'll play, play for it. What do you not play game? The game? amount of times I've got... We'll put it on <laughs> flip... Like, we'll, we'll try to flip it while we're doing that. We'll, we'll play Yeah, right. Yeah. The amount of times I've bought a machine... With the intention of keeping it, and then going, no, there's, the next thing's already out there. Right. 
And it literally, because I don't take them to the basement unless they're staying. Mm-hmm. Or until they're done. It's a pain for you because... Right. It's hard to get into the, my basement. Yeah. So usually I work on them in the living room. Have a huge, have a <laughs> Your huge wife has to love that She hates home. it. <laughs> <laughs> so huge open living room. And so I work on them there, completely tear it apart. You know, a couple different tables of stuff set up. And then once it's all together, then it makes the trip to the basement where it typically stays for a while. So there have been many times where I'm putting the machine together going, the next one's out there. This one never makes it to the basement. It gets finished, it gets posted, and it's gone sure. before I even get a chance to play it. So you you might get a couple plays on it before you're like, oh, yeah, no, no let's, get, let's get moving. <laughs> makes sense. Uh, yeah, we could probably flip it and you work up. Well, I mean, we got it not working. So Yeah, right. I mean, we, yeah, we'll clean it up, make it look nice, and flip it. Yeah, right, which is great. Mm-hmm. Well, it should be fun. But... You just you hope the addiction doesn't get out of control like it does. I mean, right now I have oh, – yeah. so here's here's where the real problem is for me. The basement is full. There sure. is no room. Yeah, there is. You sell MAME. Okay. Yeah, There's real. no room for a pinball machine there. I would have to get rid of the sofa that everyone likes to be able to sit down when we're having tournaments. Just put, like, fold-out chairs. Because, listen, there could be two machines that would go there. When I got married – God bless my wife. When I got married, one of the compromises, as there always is in marriage – the office that I had that had seven or eight machines had to go down to like four to make room for the two, uh, el- the elliptical machine and the treadmill that we no longer use that sit there, uh, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> to make room for those pieces. Uh-huh. Better keep them. So I had to, yeah. So I had to, to th- you know, thin the herd a little bit, as we mm-hmm. like to say. So yeah, I'm full. I've got one machine folded up in the storage room, and I have one machine in my garage folded up. Al's Garage Band World Tour is. Fun. Oh yeah, that's broken. <clears throat> right. Well, it works. I just need there's two. I need to fix the GI. But anyway, oh, so really, like like Black Hole, yeah, same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, been, in a similar manner. How long has it been broken? <laughs> well, the GI hasn't worked since I put a new playfield in it. But it has worked and it gets used and it just I was out of space. You know, it can't like, be used when it's folded up, right? I mean, I agree because I am the biggest person <laughs> that believes that. I have friends who had I have entire rooms of folded up machines because they're hoarders mm. and so they have an entire room this size that is all folded up machines you oh know my God. like 20 by 20 room and then they have a room with all their machines set up but all these machines are just sitting there folded up and I'm like what is the point oh, yeah yeah what is the point you might as well not have them right. you're not playing the them I mean I, I can I, see like one or two that you rotate in right Oh, but see, I don't even see room? that. I don't even see folding them up and rotating them in. Because I know people that do that as well. I'm like, well, what's the point of – that seems like more work. Now, if I had a walk-in basement, maybe I would be more apt to say, yeah, I can rotate some stuff in like that because it's easier. But even then, but, what, what's out of sight yeah. doesn't get played. Right. It, you're not going to just all of a sudden, like, in a couple of weeks, I'll bring on a new one. No, you right. won't. It's just going to be in there yeah. until you finally sell it. Hey. In my head, it will. It works right. that way. Right. Well, which so, is why they have them. Yeah. Right. Well, I've got three machines at my uncle's house. He lives like eight blocks away from me. But I ran out of space. Apparently can't depart with these machines. So they live, <laughs> at, they live at his house, and I see them once every four months when something goes wrong, uh-huh. and I have to go repair them. You uh-huh. know? Now, the, the whole thing is so I collect System 11 machines. It's, it is the, the type of machine that I really love. And what is the difference between System 11 slash others? So System 11s were produced, and in, in you can call me out on the next podcast with your list of things that were wrong in the last podcast. <laughs> Oops, um, yeah. yeah, right. So they were produced from 1984, I think, 
1990, roughly. It's a specific board set that they used in these machines, which at the time was kind of like a quantum leap forward from the board sets they had used previously. Obviously, had more RAM, allowed them to do more speech stuff, more callouts, and that kind of thing. And so, it was the so it's it, just software. It was software, and it was and it was alphanumeric. So it was also some hardware stuff they were doing with displays in the okay. back and that kind of stuff. But it also was kind of I feel it was a bit of a quantum leap forward because. It's really when they went from single-level play fields, which most machines before that were, to having more ramps and having other stuff okay. that it did and stuff a lot, like that. A lot of toys. A lot of toys at that a time. A lot more ramps. And, and at that time, it, you know, obviously stuff previous to what they're doing now, is it was all mostly just unique themes. Like Oh, crazy unique. Throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it would stick kind of stuff. Bad cats? Are you kidding? <laughs> Bad cats. But I don't know. That game is addictive. It's great. I mean, there's a bunch of them like that. Like... Really, Diner. Right. You really unique themes like yeah. Radical. Radical is this one that's based off of skateboarding. Okay. And it literally, the ramp design on this thing is something that I don't know how someone came up with it. But I think it, they were tripping on acid when they made these games. Possibly. But the flow is just crazy because you're just, you're just shooting these ramps and they just the ball just keeps moving and stuff like that. So it's neat. But so it was that they were building those in that time frame. Okay. And so I've fallen in love with them. I mean, I love the newer stuff, the DMD stuff and all that, but there was just something really that I like about those. System 11s are just... They're fun. When I first got into the hobby, I, I started off with Medieval Madness, right? The, the DMD era was my, the only thing I wanted to play because that was the only thing I found fun. Yeah. And when I played... I was at SS Billiards for his... My, my first goose egg or whatever he wants to... He had a big... Yeah, the golden sh- goose. Yeah. He had a big shindig. Yeah. He had one twice a year or something. Yeah. I played Tax and I was like, what the shit is with these games? Twilight Zone I played. What the hell? This game sucks. But then you start getting, when you're getting deeper into the hobby, you start appreciating some things. And so now all of a sudden, Taxi is one of my favorite System 11s. And Twilight Zone, once I put some time into it, found out kind of how to shoot you watch some of the pop-up videos on tutorials. Oh, the game's great. And now I'm into EMs. And I'm like, oh, man. These old things, they're, they are fun because they're so different. Right. And they're unique. And the rule set, System 11s are fucking angry games. Yeah. There is no ball save. It's like, oh, you drain? Well, well you, yeah, you suck. So, <laughs> hit start again. You, you, didn't get to, you didn't get to flip the ball, ball at all, but it hit something, drained out, that's it, mm-hmm. you're done. Yeah. I mean... These it, new games are sissy games, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the new games are amazing with what they can do. Yeah, yeah. They are. <laughs> and, and part of the reason I think I'm into System 11s, if you look at the prices today, obviously those prices have gone up as well. But for the longest time, in the early 2000s and so forth in, in the last 10 years... If you pay more than $1,400 for a System 11 game, you were insane. And you got a lot of game for that money. You know what I mean? Like, there was a lot of game in there for that money. So, by today's standards, do I really want to buy an Aerosmith machine for $5,400? I could buy two or three System 11 games. Right. Good point. You know, so, point. There's a, so there's a bit of that that happens. And, and because of the precursor to all the DMD stuff that's out there in the 90s and moving forward... They're still really fun. Uh-huh. You know, you don't feel... You know, electromagnetic stuff and older stuff is fun. EM stuff's fun. But you still get a lot out of them. But so anyway, so I was going to say, so I've got three games at my, my uncle's house. And then I have a friend who just finished his basement. And he collects... Um, well, you guys would, you guys are video game guys. He collects vectors. And okay. so he has collected almost all the vectors that were ever made. The old black and white... Um, 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 
Asteroids machine. You know, the Asteroids machine, that was a the vector screen. And it all was the very, vector yeah, graphics, yeah. Right, all the vector like graphics. Drawing. So it was all that kind of stuff. So he's collected almost all those machines. Wow. But he's finished. How many is that? I think there's 30. I think there's 30 of those as oh, well. I 30 or more of those. And, and they're hard to them. find. And they got to yeah. be expensive. And they're, some of them are someone really just remade, expensive. Someone just made the new vector game. Oh, really? On Clop, yeah. Oh, weird. So he probably snapped that up. Maybe. So he's collected those, but he has finished his basement now. And we were over there just kind of christening the new basement, playing games and stuff like that. Oh, I thought you were peeing on <laughs> No, 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 I didn't do this that. This is my game when you sell it. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got two pinball machines and everything else is arcades. Is he at the Bat Cats? Is that him? He is, yeah. He yep. has the Bat Cats. And so it was one of those deals where I'm like down there going, you know, he's trying to figure out how he's going to lay out the room and all that. And I go, here's what you do. This wall here is made for pinball. And then you take all your vectors and put all your vectors back there and maybe thin the herd a little bit because, I mean, some some of those games aren't very good. Sure. You know what I mean? So kind of divide it up. So he's sitting there going, yeah, but I only own two machines, and it'll take me a very long time to fill that wall. I go, well, I'm trying to find all the System 11 machines. (laughs) I start shipping them over here, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I could fill your basement up with my toys. I'd be okay with that. There you go. There you go. (laughs) I mean, I bought that Joker's System 11 machine from him. I potentially will clean that thing up, get it working, make it look nice, and then it might end up at his house for a while, back in his basement, so so it doesn't have to go away. So you use all even more houses. funny. Yeah, I he might still, he still gets to play. Yeah, yeah right, house. exactly. Yeah, and that'll be nice. Yeah, right, and that'll be all fixed up, and he didn't have to do any of the work. You know. Uh, hmm. I mean, there's a there's another guy in the Milwaukee area that there uh, he has a very large basement. He houses machines for someone else, and the only thing is that he can keep them as long as he wants because the other guy doesn't have room for all of them because he's got too many machines. He just has to clean them before he returns, like strip them down, do a shop job on them, clean them, and then send them back to him. So he's had some of those games for three, four years now. So his basement is full with Mm -hmm. this beautiful collection, and, you know, like eight of those games are his of the, you know, 25 or so that are in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're all hoarders. Right. Everyone hoards differently. Yeah, and we're we're using work now to hoard because we you just helped me bring Bubble Hog my yeah. checks original to work because I'm like trying to empty the basement to remodel, but really it's just empty the basement to buy more pinball. <laughs> Whatever it takes to justify it is how I look at it. Sure, yeah. Sure. Well, it's just, so this morning we were at his house and and I I walk into that basement and I've already evaluated how. We could change a few things in that basement Layout to wise. get yeah to get three more machines in there. I've already figured out how he can get three more machines in that basement instantaneously, much to the chagrin of his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris was like, "You could sell Lord of the Rings and buy three System Elevens," and Nikki goes, "We can't fit any more games." And then I was like, "No, you can yeah, do here's this. the plan. Here's what you could do to get three more <laughs> games in there. <laughs> We're going to remove this closet of all this storage crap because you don't need crap." Yeah, what are you saving that stuff for? Hey, oh. I've tried to throw it away. That's what my basement looks like right now. Just, it, it's stuff that your wife wants to keep and use sometime in the future that they'll never remember because, again, they don't Because it's, it. it's out of sight. It's out of mind. Yeah. But, but you have to keep can't, it. Can't Listen, get rid of it. I'm that guy. I have that problem. I My garage has 15-foot ceilings in it. I built a loft over one of the garage stalls that is high enough for cars to pull in underneath but has, you know, it's like five foot tall in that space and then built it just for storage. Like it's, you know, 
12 wide by, you know, 12 sure. wide. And it's just all it is is storage because there wasn't room in the garage to leave all that crap anymore. And I had to get it up. And I was like, right. this is the solution. Yep. Like, this was the solution. Build more storage yep. instead of just weeding through it and getting mm-hmm. rid of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got an old Nintendo. Like, my old Nintendo's in there. My old Super Nintendo's in there. You know, in a I bin. I tried to steal it from you. In you, a bin that I'm never going to look at. You hit it. Yeah. Kept it in there. And that's why, I mean, I get it. Like, you're a collector. That's why you need to have it. Well, for me, I said I'm out. I'm like... My personality-wise, I love throwing stuff away, and, <laughs> and, and I love selling stuff. It just, if I'm like a minimalist, like if I can look at, look at it and like I don't need that, I don't need that, I don't need right. that, get rid of it, sell it off. Um, whereas, Allie is, we need to keep everything because we might need it someday. Right. So my basement just keeps filling up more and more and more. Right now we have like one lane to the dryer and washing machine. It's like this is ridiculous, guys. <laughs> we got to we got to <laughs> thin this out. And good, that's a project. It's a yeah, good it's, it's a good a, spring cleaning, like for sure. Right, but that's go. beyond, like that's beyond spring cleaning when you're talking about that. Well, I'm thinking, like you take a week. Yeah, and right. You just start chucking. But you start chucking because I've done it when my wife uh, moved in to the house because I own the house and she moved in. I spent a week going through all of my stuff, going, "What can I really get rid of?" I don't feel like I got rid of as much <laughs> as I probably should have. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because there, there are bins now when I go in the basement and I go, oh, there's that bin. I go, why am I still hanging on to that? I didn't get rid of it. But I still question why, why I'm hanging on to oh, it. I still, have, I still have bins of toys, baseball cards, and crap right. from Miles Little going, well, my kids are going to want this, right? No. No, hell no. no. They're going to look at this and back. Like, yeah. Goodwill. Yeah. Uh, that was worth money. Yeah. You little bastard. Yeah. I, know. I looked at all my cards uh, this summer and I was like, why am I holding on to these cards? I still have them. But the same. Mm. I was looking at them like, this is ridiculous. You should bring them to a place and sell them. Like, what? The Schneid. I tried to do that when I was a Schindler. kid. Schindler. Schindler? A baseball card swap store down the cities where you can, like, buy oh, a baseball card and sell them. I tried to sell them at a place. When I was younger, we had a place up here called Collector's Connection. Oh, yeah. And you could sell baseball cards there. But um, I brought my stuff in. They're like, all right, well, we'll give you like this much for it. I said, well, I'll keep it then because to me, they're more valuable just to hang on to them than, than the give it to you for like, yeah, the cents on the, you know, whatever. The MGC, they uh, have, they sell stuff. everything. Good so point. you can set up your little table with your mm-hmm. bits and bobs and sell mm-hmm. them. Well, MGC. Every year has grown that vendor tent. Just got nice. enormous. They literally, you've never been. No. So imagine something about the half size of your standard Walmart. And the show has grown so much that where the games used to be, there was the games room and a hall, and then there was a vendor hall. And about four years ago, the games room had become so big and games were sitting out in the in the hallway and you couldn't get them all in that they finally decided they were going to put the games room in the vendor hall and got rid of the vendor hall and moved the vendor hall in this huge ginormous tent outside. Oh, wow. And everyone was like, the first year was a disaster because they put this massive tent outside, shows in April, and it was like the coldest weekend in like oh, four, four oh, months. Well, it was did it super rain cold. the first year? Or was and it cold? rained and so every, like... Water's just running through yeah, the tent because that's yeah. what it does because it's in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And so, but now, because, and that's part of the reason that they're moving, is that the vendor tent is so popular that they ran out of space in this huge, massive vendor tent. Like, big. the vendor tent is bigger than your parking lot out back. Like, and obviously people can't fathom what that is. But this huge, massive tent, and they just sold out on space on it. And, you know, so. Because so, everybody has stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. That, that they've collected, that they love. But, oh, the, stuff you, but the stuff you see there is insane. Like, oh, every God. video game console, I'm fascinated by it because I played Nintendo and Super Nintendo and then kind of lost my way on video games. Don't play anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, but the tables that are 20 feet long in a U-shape that are every game that was ever made for Nintendo, mm-hmm. you know, and every console system, well, trinkets, and the weird gun thing that you uh, yeah. added on to the game, and weird trinkets and stuff. And so imagine that, and it's huge, massive tent. Everyone's got that stuff. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Last year I went through, did I go through with you or went through with somebody else? Probably me. Somebody was looking for something specific, and I usually cruise through and just do a lap. Sure. Because there's nothing in because traditionally no one pinball related has been in that tent vending. No, because yeah, Marco's like in the pinball hall. Right. And pinball life is in the hallway. Right. So yeah. It's, and it's, it's usually video games. game guys and board game guys that are in that tent. And so I can do a lap in 10 minutes and I'm done. Right. Because mm-hmm. nothing there interests you. Right. Or they, it's, it's not that it doesn't interest you. It's not what I'm looking for. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I still have it, my Super Nintendo or Nintendo, whatever it was, with North and South. Like, Nintendo had this game called North and South where it was Civil War based. I still would love to pull that out and play it because it's just fun. But, so people are in there, and this guy was looking for something specific. And we spent an hour and a half going to each booth and looking it through. It might have been you. I can't remember who it was. There was some, somebody was looking for a specific game. I was looking for Michael Jackson Moonwalker. No, this was somebody else. Okay. And so we spent all this time wandering through the hall. I was like... But again, that show is a great example of a very diverse show. Mm-hmm. There's people that just come to do that and love it. Where that's not my like thing, so market, I'm not going to yeah. do it. Yeah. So... I think I bought... Oh, two years ago I was looking... I have Altered Beast that I got when I was little for Sega Genesis. But it, I got it from Pawn Shop. And it's just the cart, right? I wanted the, the case... And at MGC, I cruise around and kind of look for the nostalgic games I remembered. I, I want to collect them, kind of thing. And even I, though you can get them on emulators now, never. Oh, you know, shut like, up, Chris. Uh, my wife phone. would. My wife yeah. would uh, be like, right. "We can sell all these. and You can just play on one computer." Right. Uh, that's amazing. No, shut up. It's not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And I found one vendor that had the case, and I thought it was the full game. I was all freaking pumped up. So I, I grab it, and it's just the case. I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." Like, how much for this? And he's like, oh, if you can tell me all the beasts that you turn into during the game, I'll give it to you for free. What? Because, like, what is the case worth? Like, a buck or whatever? You know what I, mean? I don't care that it became a game to the vendor <laughs> for you to purchase something. Like, you wanted to purchase it. But, no, he'll give it to you for free if you play his little game. Yeah, and uh, 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 uh. I guess, like, four out of the five, and then it's fucked up, and he... He and I laughed. Please tell me he said no. You couldn't have it. I think he ends up giving it to me. Because oh, I have oh, it. Okay. I put my game in it. And I remember taking it, but like... <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You didn't solve my riddle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's mental. The one thing I want to ask you guys about, because obviously you're more arcade guys, is, is flying simulators. So, so I've had a fascination since I was a, since young with flight simulators. As soon as they released Microsoft, the original oh, flight, flight simulator, simulator 2000. Right? Okay. Right. Whatever the original was, I was like, I need that. Well, I was a Mac person. So, at first, that never existed on Mac. So, uh-huh. I never got to play it. And so, it just wasn't an option. And my friends didn't have it. You know, you're talking about the Sega Genesis as a quick aside. My cousins always had that because they had more money and we had the crappy Atari. I always hated my cousins because they always had the cool system. So I never had Flight Simulator and or knew anybody who had that stuff. 
And so I've always had a fascination with it. And so this is probably a year and a half ago. Like, so much so that I love Flight Simulator that Sega came out with that video game that was you could fly a plane. You fly a jumbo jet or a couple different things. It's And you're in the cockpit? So you're in a cockpit. Oh, an arcade well, game. It's an arcade game. Sit down like you go to the arcade. And it's like that, oh. was that F whatever racing game? When it first came out, it was the Ferrari game that had like three screens. Oh, Before sure. all the D- Daytonas and all that stuff came out, mm-hmm. you had three screens. You sat in a cockpit, but then visually you were seeing out your side windows and stuff like that. And it was reasonably all-encompassing as you play this game. It's got to be an expensive arcade machine. Yeah, it's got to be super expensive. So the Sega one, so Sega came out with one that was flying planes. And so I would go into arcades, even though I'm not an arcade guy anymore, looking for that game because I wanted to play that game. Did you find it? Every once in a while you'd find it. I'd get really disappointed when I'd walk in and you would see the three-screen thing because it's very pronounced. You know it's a three-screen thing. I'm like, yes, and you get over there and it's the driving one and not the flying one. Right. And so I would constantly look for those. There was one that was for sale at one point at an auction because Milwaukee used to have an auction. And there was one for sale at that point, but I didn't have a trailer. I only had a you know like a, my old Xterra that I could slide a pinball machine in. There was no way I was getting this thing home at an auction because you got to take everything out at the end of the auction. You get a couple hours, it all has to go. No way I was able to buy it, so I missed out on that one. But so uh, about a year and a half ago, I went and started looking at like, oh, it's like to build a flight simulator. Like, how, what, what's involved with building something? You know, you sit down and and fly planes and stuff like that. And Within a half an hour, I think I was going to spend four grand on this thing. <laughs> Between the screens, the little control, you know, like the little uh-huh. module that's, you know, five inches by five inches but controls the rudders. And uh-huh. then here's another module that's eight inches by eight inches and it's got two levers on it. You know, uh-huh. like I was going to build in the, in the cockpit. You could buy the frame to then attach all that stuff to so it laid out like you were flying a plane. And so I was in deep, and I had like within, within an hour. God bless the internet. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like within an hour I was in so deep. So I've always wanted to build. But one. you didn't click buy. No, I did not okay, click buy. Okay. I haven't. No, I I took a step back because at some point I went, geez, this is going to be like four or five thousand dollars. How many mach- pinball machines is that that I could buy for that money? <laughs> it's literally what happens in my head. I like how we rationalize purchases on pinball. Every purchase is rationalized with what I could buy for pinball. <laughs> like, if if there's something that we're looking at buying for the house that is a freaking pot, mm-hmm. that's like 60 bucks, I go, oh, that's a whole pile of new posts. That's a bunch of new LEDs for that machine. You know, like, literally it gets the, on that level. But So I've always wondered about the flight simulator stuff, and I don't know if you guys are that into those types of things. Like... Not necessarily flight simulators. When I was young, I was. I thought that they were really cool. But that I feel like that was almost like the same era that mm-hmm. you might be even talking about. Um, God, I feel like they were more popular back then. Whereas now, it's just not a thing. Mm-hmm. I thought I liked them a lot. Um, but then I played a game called uh, Ace Combat, mm-hmm. which was a more arcade mm-hmm. I've seen that one. Yeah. Yep. And that, to me, once I played that game, I was like, this is much more fun. Right. Because this here, it's not you got an objective. Yeah, you're, you're right. Right, like a fighter jet. Right, and same with like uh, simulated uh, car racing games. I thought that those were cool until I played like Need for Speed, and now Need for Speed because it's an arcadey, more fun feel, more action orientated. Mm-hmm. To go back to like Gran Turismo or something like that is like, nah, I, I, it's I'm not here just to drive a car like normal. Right. I want to jump it through. Uh, I don't know, 
yeah. a ring of fire, basically, and just have a crazy time. Right. Freaking Evil Knievel over here. Because <laughs> Need for Speed is the one where you could crash it at the end, right? Or you got points for crashing That's it. That's Burnout. Like that. That's oh, Burnout. Which is amazing. This game too. Yeah. But those people uh, worked with, I, I think they bought each other out or they somehow incorporated with each other. So the people who made Burnout now work for Need for Speed. Mm. So their crashes Maybe, uh, are Need for so Speed much. is EA, so they right. bought. So they probably bu- yeah bought them into themselves. No one likes EA anymore. So. Yeah. So now yeah, whenever they whenever you crash, you have these amazing, huge, uh, elaborate. Uh, crash that would scenes. make sense because the new, new newer Need for Speeds that that's what happens. Like yeah. you kind of slow mo it and the sparks mm-hmm. and all that crazy mm-hmm. shit. Right. I had a big crash one time and uh, Ali was standing there watching me do it. She's like, "What is this rated?" I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Body parts flying <laughs> out. It's just a, just a the car parent. crash. I see what you're saying, but it's just a car crash. <laughs> uh, well, see, I guess that maybe that's the fear, is that I want to fly the plane. But like I was saying uh, uh, when we took a quick little break, is that I want to fly the plane into buildings. Like I want to, I want to take it up and go cruising under the bridge. But every once in a while, I want to be able to go, "Hey, look at there's a you know there's a park. Uh-huh. Let's just bury this bitch into the ground." <laughs> so I got into flight sims. Oh, okay. My mom worked from home sometimes, so we had we've always had a computer growing up. So I've mm-hmm. always had a computer to break and, and piss her off. Um, <laughs> and we had a Pentium one with MMX technology. This, this is where you need to put up all the links on your podcast yeah. so I can look this stuff up and know what it is. Multimedia extensions, man. It was Put a Voodoo 3 card in there. It was amazing. Uh, so sad. Really good graphics. Oh, yeah. It was Voodoo, not Doodoo. That was one of their slogans. Really? Really? Yeah. really? <laughs> like, wait, one of their slogans that actually made it into print advertising? Correct. Wow. Yes. That is, oh, wow. Now that's a different time. Yeah. Because yeah. that doesn't happen anymore. Oh, that was great. <laughs> That's so good. So, my first kind of flight sim, my buddy uh, Jeff, he was also into them. So we would we would either get demos from discs or uh, find them on the internet. But A10 Cuba is a game where you you have an A10 Warthog, and you got to do everything. So you have to like, and since we had the demo, we didn't have the little keyboard map. So all of a sudden you're just hitting all these fucking buttons trying. Okay, how do you uh? Start the fuel and turn the engine on. <laughs> and then it was okay. Uh, what's the rudders and uh, gas and you know or yoke or whatever the hell's going uh-huh, on? Uh-huh. And then we'd we'd get up, and then we'd try to land. And I think we, me and him, between us playing hours and hours and hours, landed the plane maybe five times. It was <laughs> 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 so hard. Um, but I. Th- I did get a joystick, and so I was, I was into them because they were new, yeah, and they were super interesting and fun, yeah, yeah. But they are work. It's like doing it for real, yeah. yeah. Um, I got into. I had a PlayStation. I got huge into Ace Combat. There's, you know, seven of those. Yeah. Uh, there's also another version, Air Combat. I think was the prequel to Ace Combat. I remember Air Combat. Yeah. And then I was at E3 with uh, my partner. And we hit up Triton, who was one of our headset guys, and he was showing us the behind the scenes of their booth because they had teamed up with Mad Cats. And I don't know if it was one of Mad Cats' uh, companies underneath them, but they had that flight sim that you're talking about, mm-hmm. the full encompassing. They had one in the back that they were selling. Holy guacamole! You got the 
huge control panel with dual joysticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the handful of monitors going around you. The foot controls. Oh, the, everything. The rudder control. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, and it's easily four grand. Yeah. But if you want to flight some for real, that's for real. Mm-hmm. And again, the problem with that is, is it's two levels. Uh, that's the space for a pinball machine, probably one and a half pinball machines that would then have to, that would have to get out of the way. Yeah, you yeah. can make it one because it runs no, on a you computer. Can't. You need the screens yeah. on both sides. You got to be able to look out the side window. Uh, I, I forgot, right? Like I'm used to like 15 inch monitors from back in the day. <laughs> right, you, exactly. you want to get these big curved babies. Yeah, right. Like yeah. Well, yeah. We were at uh, E3 not that long ago and. Uh, Forza, which is a, oh, a car right. simulator game, mm-hmm. they had their fancy car simulator all set up, and like when you would turn, the whole entire seat and everything would shift and move with it. Yeah, and that that's gonna take up at least three pinball machine spots right there. Oh yeah, because it's sure. so freaking wide. Yeah, but it'd it been cool as anything to have. The one thing I missed out on it was one of those Milwaukee auctions, and now it's probably no one would want it ever. They had um, a go kart racing game. And so you, you, you know, screen, like, you know, the sit-down screen thing. But then you sat down in a go-kart. And this one didn't shift until... Like an actual go-kart? Yeah, yeah, it was like a go-kart. It looked like a go-kart. Uh-huh. And it didn't shift up and down, but it did shake. Like, if you okay. went into corners, it would shake and stuff like that. I wanted that thing so bad. <laughs> Have you seen... It sold for, like, $400. They had two of them. Oh, 400 bucks. Oh, 400 bucks steal. each. Exactly. It was a steal. But, again, I didn't have a freaking right. trailer. Had I had a trailer, I could have gotten it out of there. I would have bought it. But uh-huh. it's one of those deals where I'm like, you don't have the right stuff to move it. Mm-hmm. So have you been to Mall of America? Uh, not in so many okay, years. Okay, so a long time ago, they had, it was like a, a store there. It was like this NASCAR racing store. Oh, yeah, It, yeah. Was, it was called Daytona. Yeah, did you did you raced one of those? N- well, they're, they're Daytona machines. Like, yes. you go to the big arcades, yeah. right? No, 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 no. Where it's like no, no, eight no. of them. You sit oh. inside of a car. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. There's a There was a place, I think, in Florida that did yeah, the same thing. Have, yeah, sure. They're, they're smaller cars, right? Not like the full-size cars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've sat in those. You definitely yeah. have to get in them. Yeah. And they, they yeah. move and shake and... Yeah. Yeah, and you can't, your cost. car won't start unless you buckle your seatbelt, <laughs> which I found out the hard way. <laughs> so <laughs> last place. Oh, I'm was, six laps down. I was livid. <laughs> oh, I want my money back. Well, because my dad, uh, he, he, he brought me to play. He's like, you got to play this game. You love video games. I want you to play this game so bad. So, all right, cool. Let's get in there. And we sat down. He's Because there's a two partner. Like, you can sit down next to him. Mm. So we go to take off, and everybody goes, blowing by me. And I'm like, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I got the gas. Nothing's happening. He's all pissed off, too. Like, let's go. We're losing. <laughs> I'm like, ah. He's like, your seatbelt. Put your seatbelt in. <laughs> Safety first. Buckle in and take off. We should have just take off and turn around and just drive the wrong way and yeah. wreck everybody. I ended up passing a couple of people. I mean, obviously they didn't win, but I ended up passing a couple of people. Wow. Some people are really bad at this game because I'm way behind. But uh. Speaking of going backwards, so that's the only thing that makes me nuts about I mean, you guys, I think you have kids. Yes. Yeah, right. So you'll find out later, and I've only found this out through my godkids. So when they come over to play games, we they like playing – is it Danny, Danny something – it's an indie racing game, okay. and it's and it's on the main machine. But it's like the oh. old Super Sprint, where it's the tiny little cars, and you go around the track, and that kind oh, of stuff. The Danny off-road? Sullivan, I think, is what it is. Like, like kind of the off-road thing. Yeah. So it's in the man machine, or main machine. So anyways, That's so 
but the problem is that the, so we're racing and we're playing, but they just drive around wherever. Oh, God. and they're not racing. Dude, it, it, you makes oh. <laughs> it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. Like I'm like I can't play with these kids. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. same thing with the pinball. You know, uh-huh. I bought. Stay I bu- the fuck in the lines. I built racing. a. <laughs> I built a stool for them so they could stand and be at the height to actually see the flippers because they were a little smaller. Now they can do it, and so they would just sit there and bash on the flippers and I'm like. Oh, you're not even trying to do something. Like, <laughs> nope. you're not even trying. No. It's awful. We took them uh, um, mini golfing. My wife and I are huge mini golfing Seriously? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So because oh. because we both travel, we spend a lot of time going to each other's city where that person has, like, a day off. Okay. And so, like, I'll fly to Philadelphia because she has a day off there and I haven't seen her in, like, two months. <clears throat> and so... We typically, if it's during the summer, we try to mini golf, and you because I love mini golf. But when we play, we play for dinner, and, <laughs> and we're not playing for McDonald's. Usually, we've decided because we haven't seen each other a while, we're going to spend a little money, go out to a nice steakhouse or something like that. You know, treat ourselves and have like a date night. So we play mini golf for who's buying dinner, and it comes out of each other's account, not the joint account. It's coming out <laughs> of your account. Nice. And so I am super competitive when we play. <laughs> so much so that the last time we played in Madison, Wisconsin, I was losing after like eight holes. And she's like, I, she's like you're unbearable. Because I was like, this is crap, and this is ridiculous. <laughs> you're a fucking cheater. I don't know why this is happening like this. I don't ever play this bad. And then so I end up catching up and winning. She goes, you're a worse loser than you are a winner because I, I won I'm like yeah like we're, there's like three mini golf courses and by the eight by the 17th hole I was gonna win yeah and so I'm out there on the 17th hole with these other like people all around going yeah we're having lobster tonight just yelling like just being Wait, obnoxious so does the loser get the pick or do you pick no you no no we've predetermined where okay, we're going so it doesn't, doesn't matter so ahead of time we already know where we're going it's just who is gonna pay okay and so anyway so we took the kids First time we're taking the God kids out because you know we try to do as much as we can with them and they live mm-hmm. in town. We're taking yeah, the God how kids. Old are they? Uh, at the time, Billy was two and a half, maybe three, and Emma's like seven, so they should both know better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we go to play mini golf that day, and Merrick and I were like, "Well, we should play for something." Knowing the kids aren't really going to get it, but you know, we're going to go ice cream after. Let's play for who's buying ice cream. So at least there's a little bit of competition there. I made it two holes. I'm like, nope, we're done. We're done. I'm not playing for real today. Because they're like hitting it and then running down the course while you yeah. still have to hit yeah. and hitting theirs in or oh, kicking it. My. And I'm like, nope, we're not playing today. And Merrick's like, why aren't we playing? And I'm like, no, because I can't concentrate because of these little rugrats. <laughs> and we're talking about ice cream. You know what I mean? I have a three-year-old. Who, when we go to the arcade, they have a, a mini golf course there. Oh, yeah. And that's actually like his objective. Like, there's a Ghostbusters game which he loves, and then there is uh, mini golf. That's all he cares about. Yeah. So he, he will go out there just literally to wander. <laughs> he wants. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like a hike for him. He likes wandering around on it. He's out in the wilderness. Exactly. So he wants. He goes, let's go play. You know, let's go play the ball. You want to go play mini golf? Yes. Okay. All right, great, cool. Well, let's just be us wandering around out here again. So that's, I, I buy us a wandering. One, yes, we buy one one ball, one golf club, and I just follow him around on my phone while he just wanders around. Just he'll find like he's got one hole he likes a lot. 
because it has like a drop down into, into something else. So he'll just keep putting the ball into that one over and over and over again. Other people are coming by. We'll move out of the way so they can do their thing. And we'll go back to it again. Like, yeah. See, and, and uh, maybe this will change now that obviously you're a father and I'm going to be a father. But I would not even have the patience to follow him around with the phone. Oh, oh, like sure. I totally have something now that I'm doing that is disconnected from what that person uh-huh. is doing or kids doing. And I uh-huh. still would be like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <are we> doing this. <laughs> What's the Ghostbusters game? Because I haven't been in arcade in forever. Oh, so it's a two-player and there's shooting game I'm assuming yeah there's two yes. big yeah, guns yeah. you sit down and they almost look like little cannons sit down? there's a bench yeah there's a bench it's a giant arcade oh right and there's a yeah. huge like 60 inch TV oh right in between your guns and the TV is this like box like a big big with bubble. ping pong balls uh-huh. yes so it's tactile plus like oh wow a video game so mm-hmm. you're shooting things ghosts whenever you hit them to make it feel like you're hitting them, you your gun shoots ping pong balls. So it's constantly shooting ping pong There's balls. There's also a reticle on the screen as you're moving. But yeah, the ping pong balls shoot while you're shooting. Huh. And you Is it redemption based as well? Right. Yes. Right, yeah. Which is the biggest part there. That's the thing. So uh, listen, redemption <laughs> stuff, man. We were on tour somewhere at a casino on the East Coast. Man, I can't remember where it was. But anyway, so Went into the arcade, because we would do Dave and Buster's when you could and play whatever, oh, yeah. the, the, the chip game yeah. that they had at Dave and Buster's forever. You like It was almost like playing Tetris, but you had to like connect five colors of the same chip, and then it would okay. blow them up and stuff. It was for adults. You don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they, we thought we hit the mother load, because they had this game. It was called Go Fish or something like that. And you, you took coins... Like, it, same thing. It had two. It was tactile, but it had a video screen. And you had coins, and then you would feed the coins in, and they would come down almost like a pachinko machine. Is okay. that what those oh, are yeah. called? Right. And then it would pop bubbles on the video screen, and then that would give you more coins. But as it gave you coins, like sometimes you'd have coins come out of the tray so you could use them, but then it was also giving you points and giving you tickets. And so somehow, because we're a bunch of idiots... Obviously, we have a little bit more money to burn, so we were just like, this game is going to give us everything we want in the case over there, because we would shove in $10, which Mm -hmm. wasn't a huge amount to us, and get a thousand tickets out of this machine, right? And we're like, we could, and there there was no thought to it. Like, literally, you just, like, shoved a bunch of coins and you just watch them rain down. And then a pile of tickets came out the machine. We actually had – they had to come refill the machine because <laughs> we were we ran it through so many tickets. But anyway, so at the end of the day, we had, the, like, literally literally walking like this, you know, with your arms wide open, uh-huh, uh-huh. holding all the tickets and go over and they run them through the machine. And we were in heaven. Like, we bought army men. We bought every – we didn't, like, buy one big thing. Actually – we bought a quesadilla machine. Really? Quesadilla machine. They had one, and then they had something else that we bought because we live on a bus. And we're like, let's make – that's great. We can make quesadillas every day. And so like we <laughs> never bought, used it, right? No, we use it all the time. Oh, okay. But we literally took all our tickets and bought a quesadilla machine that we could have spent like $10 at the Walmart <laughs> right, for. Right, right, right. But we thought it was amazing. But anyway, so, yeah, the redemption thing I'm on board with. I love that. Oh, That is one of the only arcade – Redemption games that is actually I don't know like like a shooter 
Yeah. It's the only arcade game that I know that that is a redemption game because the rest of them are all. Like, there was a certain kind of push for redemption on their pinball. Yeah, on their pinball machines for a while. I was actually disappointed. I figured maybe it was more of the shooter style games, and you like got to carry the proton pack, and you know you're doing that to the thing. But no. yeah. No. Although, uh, so my friend has skee ball machines. Oh, I was yeah. mad that we went over to play and we started playing skee ball, and he didn't have tickets in the skee ball machine. <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, I just why isn't it giving me a ticket?" <laughs> can't use him at his house. What am right, I going to do? Right, Go right. dig a scissors out of his drawer and say I'm giving you 10 skee-ball tickets for your pair of scissors? But sure. I wanted tickets to come out of uh-huh. that machine uh-huh. while we were playing it. That'd be cool, though, if you like had like every game shot a couple tickets out. Right. Right? Even if, even if yeah. Just for the fun of it. Just I get it. You just wanted to come out. Right. Like, do, you, do you remember when... Because they don't I, cost that much for a roll of tickets. No, they're nothing. Do you remember... Like, I remember doing this when I was little playing skee-ball. Because I loved skee-ball. You would try to pull, pull the, the extra one, like so and rip it behind slow, you get right. extra ticket. Pull it so slow, and yeah. hopefully it was gonna feed <laughs> yeah. out. And it always would come about halfway, and then rip. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah every time. I got fifteen and a half tickets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what can I buy with that half? The yeah. only thing that's always disappointing about the ticket thing nowadays, or at least the couple places I've been and it's been a while, is <clears throat> they used to like run them through a machine that counted them. Mm-hmm. Right, they'd feed them in, and then mm. it would count them. And now they do it by weight. Right. Well, and they now just, they don't even have tickets. It's oh, like a swipe card, and yep. the tickets get not interested anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so now they just do it by weight. Oh, and yeah. so they, at the time when we were doing, when we got our, all our tickets, <clears throat> they do it by weight, and then they immediately, as soon as they tell you how many tickets you have, they take the bin and go over to the shredder uh, and pour it into the really? shredder. And I was just like, oh. We worked so hard for all those tickets, and you're just shredding them. I've never seen that. Yeah, I've only ever seen yeah. them beat them into the... Yeah, as it's like yeah. sucking them all in. Yeah, no, this thing, you, they would weigh them in a bin on a scale, because they did by weight, and then throw them in the hopper that then shredded it all. It was Check disappointing. It. How much money yeah. you spent on that? It had a blast. One time... It's a complete aside, sorry. No. <clears throat> we were at another casino, same thing. You know, we're adults. We can go to the floor <laughs> yeah. and play. Actually, one of the guys we toured with kind of have a gambling problem. So this was the alternative to keep him from spending money on the floor. Uh-huh. So we'd go play video games and stuff like that, redemption stuff. And so we had someone else on tour <clears throat> that was a pretty easy target to play pranks on. Nothing malicious, but easy target for pranks. Mm-hmm. And so... We got a whole bunch of tickets, and they had these plastic frogs that, you know, like that big. Like plastic, nothing to them. We bought probably 700 plastic frogs. <laughs> and then on the next day off, when we got to a hotel, everyone gets off the bus. They go into the hotel for the day. No one sees the bus again until the next day. We stayed on the bus and taped up all these frogs into his little bunk area that he lives in. So on the bus, we have bunks, almost like a coffin. Taped them everywhere. Like inside of his pillowcase, under the sheets, like uh-huh. we just we loved it. It was the most amazing thing. He was so mad, and we're like, "They're plastic frogs." I mean, we probably spent eighty bucks on plastic frogs <laughs> just to have a laugh. So, what does that have to do with the redemption game, though? Well, so we were playing redemption games to get all the tickets to get the frogs. Oh. Like all the frogs we bought at the counter. You know what I mean? Like, literally, like, then, oh, my God, like we can buy whammy. all these frogs. You get a joke out of it, oh, yeah. plus the redemption feeling of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the redemption stuff I love. It never gets old. So we just played Friday. We were at the arcade that does oh. the redemption stuff. Was that during me? business hours? <clears throat> business hours of the podcast. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, <laughs> doing market research. Um, 
Is that is that is that does this where the podcast gets edited a bunch? <laughs> <laughs> Don't let anybody hear this. <laughs> um, but at, at Adventure Zone, all the ticket system now is you swipe this yep. card that has money on it. That is boring. And then when the game's done, it yeah, loads the cards. Yeah, loads your card. Dave and Buster's is the same way now too. It's kind of lame, but it's boring. And the, the ticket counting, it has this little LCD screen that counts yeah. your tickets up. Yeah. Is so fucking slow. It, <laughs> really? It doesn't five. need to do it. It could just put them on the card. Right. But it individually counts them all. And you're like, oh, oh, wow. We won 500 I tickets won. on Ghostbusters, and it was like two minutes of <laughs> just counting. I'm like, uh, do, I have to, do I have to stay here, Steve? No. I walk away. Like, this is dumb. But you can't play the next game until it gets done counting. Right. Oh, wow. When I lived on, down the south side of Chicago, east or west side of Chicago, we had a Dave and Buster's that was maybe three minutes away. And so every once in a while we'd go up there for a thing. Well, you'd always forget to bring your card. So at yeah. one point, oh, yeah. I had like four freaking cards. Yeah. And there was a point where they said, well, we can't merge them all together because you have too many cards. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, why do I have all these cards with, you know, 400 tickets on this one? Yep. You know, and that kind of stuff. Yep. It's so frustrating. So, so I got about 1,000 tickets. Yeah. And we went What'd to the counter. Get? I was looking. It's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, unless you get 15,000 tickets for Madden 2019. No, they didn't have anything cool. Really? They didn't have anything cool. Really? So I was the like, coolest we're just stuff. buying candy. Yeah. <laughs> the coolest stuff they have is Let's some keep like. The sugar high going. Some like little kid science sets, which is yeah. neat, but they're what, 20,000 tickets or something? It's like. I want a PlayStation. You put a PlayStation up, up on top and make me work for it. Like, yeah. that kind of thing. You realize we sound like assholes right now, right? <laughs> Who you're, owns this Adventure Zone? I'm going to tweet at them you're my 30 thoughts. some years old and you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, pissed yeah, yeah. that the stuff in the arcade case that you can get <laughs> is not up to your standards. It's, it's so dumb because you know that we dump way more than what it's worth. Absolutely. So put better crap. Yes, I agree. If you put. Come on. You can buy Nintendo games that are family friendly. You can buy Xbox Live and and the PlayStation gift card thingers. You can have things that are meaningful to most kids that go there. And theoretically, you would think if you added, the, <clears throat> excuse me, added those things in, you would probably hard for it. more people would play. Oh yeah, right. Oh, like, going up there, have them. Yeah, right. I have, drones are theoretically pretty cheap. You can buy yeah. Them. Oh yeah. The yeah. DJ drones or whatever. Yeah. They got plastic swords. Everything's Chinese knockoff plastic crap. Yeah. Five hundred tickets. Uh, we'll give you some uh, hollow plastic nunchucks and uh, a squeezing uh, squirt gun. Not even a super soaker. Just a little squeeze. At the at the end, do you take the remaining tickets that aren't worth crap and still buy the pencil? Because that's the only thing in the case yeah. that you can afford. Like we still have right. We still have some tickets. Virtually right. We still have some tickets. We might as well just get the pencils, even though you're never going to use them. Uh. So I saved my tickets. I <laughs> saved enough for fucking stuff. What are you working for if there's nothing in the case I'm to work I'm going to yell at them. I'm going to tweet at them. We're going to get some get stuff s- put in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use the, the power of our success of this podcast. <laughs> now, do you guys play the crane games? Oh, are you uh, into that? I, no, so have you, not, seen some of the, have you seen some of the videos on YouTube? Oh, yeah. These people are ridiculous. There, people make videos on YouTube showing... Like their prowess in playing the crane games. Oh yes. At one point, there was one guy 
who owned crane games in his living room. This is like a teenager. Sure. And he would practice on the crane games in their living room to then go to the Walmart to get the $50 widget or whatever it was or the Mm. iPad or whatever and get it out of the machine because he had practiced so much. He then was turning it into how he was making extra money. Have you seen the game where those blocks go back and forth and you stack them up to the top? No. Do we know what that's called? It, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a digital game that goes... All these blocks stack up. So it's a large block, like 20 by 50 blocks of video. And these blocks fly back and forth and you hit a button to stop them. And then the next level flies back and forth... Uh, there's a, there's a, yeah, I know what you're talking about because okay. there's a game I play online that's like that. It keeps getting faster and faster and yeah, faster. Yeah. So you, if you hit to the top, you can win PlayStation, Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch, like the big items. Yeah. So there was a guy on, I think it was Reddit or something I was reading, and his thing was, he got good at it, so he would be going to Dave and Buster's for fifty dollars, he could win one of those three hundred, four hundred dollar right. items, and he turn around <laughs> and go start selling them. Right. Sell on eBay, yeah. It was great. Yeah. It's a decent business model if you're good at it. Yeah. You get the Twitch. Thing. Now, I will say one of the guys on here who was doing the YouTube thing and, and was showing his videos and his prowess of cranes also was correct collecting all the weird stuffed animals out of them, too. Mm. So he had, like, his, because he showed his room in one of the videos, and he's got two crane machines to practice on. But then on top, he's got this big shelf with, like, all all, like beanie babies and sure. weird things like that. Sure. But he's like, I need the one out of this machine. <laughs> it's at this Walmart across town. Today we're going there to try to win it. You know? Just weird. Yeah. And then he'd open the machines at home and place all the things in there in a specific way, in specific order, to try to then practice getting them out and stuff like that. It's, it's weird. Like, he probably was sponsored by YouTube. YouTube probably pays him. Exactly. If he gets a lot of viewers, then <laughs> yeah. him is totally worth it. I, I mean, guess, honestly, yeah. he could be talking about slime for the yeah, entire right, right. time as long as he yeah. gets lots, lots of viewers. Um, I have an awesome story. So the last time we went to, uh, my son and I went to the arcade. This was like, I don't know, last weekend. We go in there, and his first thing he wants to do is play Ghostbusters. We played that, won like a thousand tickets. Um, and we were pretty much set. Well, I'm done playing this game for now. I don't. We've had our fun here. Let's move on. So I drag him away from the game, and there's a Jurassic Park game there. So we sit in it, and he starts pulling the trigger and automatically starts playing. I was like, oh, wow. Someone must have put some money in here. All right, cool. So I was just kind of watching him for a second, and then I tried to join him, so I kept swiping my card, but it wouldn't take my swipes. Kept saying, invalid, invalid. I was like, what the fuck? All right, whatever. So I kept watching him play, thinking I couldn't play. Well, he died, and then he re-rezzed. I was like, what the, What just happened? So he kept playing, and then he died, and he re-rezzed again. I was like, okay, what's going on now? Am I paying for all these games by accident? I touched my controller, and all of a sudden, my guy comes to life. I was like, oh, my word. We're playing for free right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's broken. They have it set on free mode right now. So we played, and I, at that point, I text him right away. I text Parnell. I was like, I'm going to beat this whole game tonight. <laughs> I thought maybe you texted him, you got to get over here. I did. Well, we'll, send, did. we'll send my kid over to the mini golf and we'll keep playing this. Exactly. I was on my way home. I'm like, I need to get home. <laughs> you thought about it though, right? Oh, yeah. I was like, Nikki would be so pissed if I didn't come home yet because she needs to get relief from the dog. 
Exactly. I'm beating this whole game tonight. Oh, so God. we went through. We were there probably a half an hour, and then he got bored. and was like, I'm not playing this game anymore. What? So, yeah. So no! that's the problem with the three year old. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he listens to this when he's older. He knows that he wrecked our Jurassic Park life. Exactly. Oh, but he didn't wreck it. So we left. But I was like, okay, fine. We'll then come some, back. Yeah, we'll play right. some other games we'll and come, come back. back. We're yeah. just not going to say anything about it. No one's going to narc us out. Yeah. So we went and started playing another game, and as I'm playing this other game, it's like a 45-year-old guy kind of walks up, and he's looking at it, and I think he could tell that it was in, like, game mode. So he, like, moves the controller around to see what happens, and all of a sudden the game comes to life. He's like, oh, shit. So, so, so he sits down, he starts playing, he starts looking around like, oh, is anyone watching this? And I made eye contact with him, and I smile, I'm like, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. So then he, so he was like, oh, so he kept playing. Uh, well, these other two little stupid snot-nosed kids come walking up, and they see him, and with the, since they don't have any bubbles, they come, and they just sit down next to him, and they start playing. And then the one dumb kid starts going off, but it's free! It's free! You have to pay! You have to pay! The guy's embarrassed. He gets up, and he's like, oh, fuck! He's, he's just pissed. He gets up, starts walking away, and I'm looking at the kids like, you're ruining it! You're ruining it for everybody right now! Stop! So I'm like trying to get eye contact with him, like, shut the fuck up. Shut up! And the kid won't look, he's like, it's free! Because he's so excited, and I make eye contact with the 45-year-old, he turns around, he's like, listen, you can play the game, but stop talking, just play the game. He I'm, said that? Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you can play the game, just stop talking. He's like, Okay. She's playing the game. Well, we went around the corner, played another game. We came back, and those kids were gone. So I thought, go. Cool, here's our time. We sit down. Game's fixed. Game's fixed. I was like, oh. I'm so mad. God, that's so oh. good. Oh. I didn't realize the story would be that good. Yeah. So how far in the game did you get? I got about halfway through. Okay. There, there's probably, what, nine levels or something like that? I want to say it's about nine or twelve. It was like chunks of three and there was... I mean, are you... What's the objective of it? Jurassic Park, I'm assuming oh, you're trying you, to get away from the so dinosaurs the same or like Ghostbusters. It uses the same gun oh, cannon yeah, okay. And it's a huge 15 Is that the one you sit inside? Yeah. yeah. You're like in the Jeep. Yep. yep. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. yep. And you both shoot the dinosaurs and uh, we, we played that game as well. And it's pretty badass because... What do you get? Three lives or something? I don't think you get three lives. You only have one life, but you can survive a really long time on one buck. So a long time. So, right. So, how much does it cost to play? A oh, dollar, a buck a game. Okay, like, that, like that's like the average now. And so, buck. what's your average game time? Thirty seconds to one minute. Oh, that's pretty fast. Because I, because so I'm thinking, you know, you go online and go to a website where you could buy that thing. It's like ten thousand dollars, fifteen thousand yes. dollars yeah, for some of those. These things. new ones are big bucks. Like, can you imagine how long it takes to redeem to get that money back? I don't know how how they do it. To be well, like you the know? Star Wars one, because like how long does because it, is it brand new? Because there was a no. version that was older. That was it's that one. It is that one. Okay, so they've had it for a while. So obviously, it's probably made them some money at this point. But so they got know. a buck a pop. It's been yeah. there probably five years or more. Oh right, now. okay, yeah. Like H two yeah. Overdrive, they bought new. Yeah, and they still have them. Yep. And they've had to fix them, but that's how. When did that come out? Like, yeah, five, six years ago? Is that the one you sit down in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're talking about Hydro. No, no, no it's oh, a new it's one. A different from Roth Rails called H2O. Oh. I, call it, I call it Hydro Thunder as well, but it's not. Right. Hydro that's Thunder. the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, it's called H2O. So and that was on that game. four or mm-hmm. five thousand new. Because yeah. I 
got a quote from a distributor. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in I don't know what operators usually get back on their money, but right. when you're doing a buck a play and the track takes maybe a minute to finish, right. and if you're wow, a pretty busy arcade... Maybe three minutes. No, it's not. I think no. when you're racing, you just... Because you're, you're, you're the average the Hydro there, Thunder yeah. on the console is two and a half minutes. Oh, and, that's and, it's, and it, it's sooner than that. So, do you ever play the uh, um, the um, <clears throat> snowmobile one or snow yeah. machine as you snow like cross, to say yeah. here? Yeah, that one was great too. Yeah, gosh, that one was. There great was a new too. one and there's a super old one. Really? Yeah, I always played the old one. There's also uh, they, they have that motocross one, but they also have uh, skateboarding like. X Games as well. Oh, really? That's new at the arcade right now. So I was out to the Pinball Hall of Fame, which is in um, Las Vegas, and it's it's you know basically a museum, and but you can play. It's quarter play, you know. Oh, really? Coin drop. Yeah, yeah. It's well, that's even cooler. So I was yeah. just thinking. All you can do is look at them. And then no, you no, can no. Actually play they're them. they're all set up. It, the guys run it basically as a business. So it's quarter quarter drop. You play what you want. Parnell has an opinion on the probably the conditions of the machine. Have you ever been? You've no. never been. You're yet to go. Anyways, anytime I go to Vegas, I make time to go over there. Some of the machines are in okay conditions and some aren't. But the last time I was in there, they have – it's not Sky Pilot because I remember Sky Pilot. But they had one where you get on a bike and you're, you pedal to then fly through the game oh, shit. and yeah. hit objectives and stuff like that. I got off the thing sweating because <laughs> I'm pedaling my ass off on this game trying uh-huh. to like go faster to fly up higher uh-huh. to do the thing. I mean, it's amazing the, the things they do. Yeah. I remember when they came out with the motorcycle games, the, yeah. when it was like the ninjas, and oh, you yeah. sat on it and then you yeah. leaned back and forth. I could never do that because I would tip over oh, yeah, and get the, uncomfortable. You have to plant your feet. No, no, you can't plant your feet. There was a time when they were making them where they were completely – you sat in it. You sat up on the motorcycle. Yeah. You kept your feet on the pegs and you had to sit and there was some resistance against it. I know what you're saying. But you had to drive yourself back and forth. But I think as an adult you could put your feet down, couldn't you? No, you're not supposed to. Oh, well – I'm saying you're not supposed to. Okay, right? okay. I see what you're so saying. I could never get that thing to work to not tip over. I would always just tip, lean yeah. to the side and Well, then me crash. as a kid, I couldn't so put my feet on the ground. Right. So you always end up just leaning on one side. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I just never played those. But the new versions of all the, those original – Precursors to what they have now, you know, the snowmobile one or the stupid bicycle one. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a horse one. I got the horse one. They're, they're, so he has the bicycle and the horse one. You literally sit on a horse like a kitty ride. Really? And you gallop back and forth. <laughs> like you are put, you know, you're hitting the side. There's like a sensor on the side. And you are galloping oh, wow. on this horse to try to win a horse race. Wow. Hey, stupid. We should turn these into like an exercise business. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> we could be like, oh, we'll drop this uh, exercise equipment off at your house. And, uh, have fun. Free play. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I might actually use the, the elliptical that's in the basement if it was more like a ride. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it might not be collecting dust like it is. <laughs> we can find a way. Yeah, right? Like you have to use it to power a pinball machine or something. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm just fascinated by any of that stuff that people then buy and route and like to make money back. And, and that's on, what I've you know? always thought. For instance, they got this really, really cool uh, Star Wars game that mm-hmm. you go inside and it's all-encompassing. It's like a, It is like a flight simulator. More oh, was that the dome one? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's two bucks a play. Three bucks. Three bucks a Three play. Three bucks a play. Holy balls! It's an expensive ride, but it's it's a good game. But anyways, uh, uh, preface: Steve loves Star Wars. He has Star Wars underwear on right now. That's the thing. <laughs> I saw it. I mean, when they came out with the Pod Racer, 
Ooh, that was that was, that was the thing, right? When, yeah. When the Star Wars was reborn and the pod racer came out mm-hmm. and you could sit in the pod racer and race, that was huge. Yeah. It was huge. I'm not even a huge Star Wars guy. And that was amazing. But that's not... Exactly. It's a cool thing. You, right. know, you don't have to be into Star Wars. It itself right. is really cool. Yeah. But like this like this uh, Star Wars simulator, it costs almost 30 grand. Are you serious? Yeah. I think it's like 27 grand. And that's MSRP. So right. you might be able to get... Right. The, distributor, you're going to get it less. But still, it's not yeah. under 20. No. no right. Yeah, in the high 20s. Right. Yeah. So 26, 27 grand, you're going to be able to be getting this thing for... For you to make your money back, how many? No wonder why it's three dollars a play, and you got to be hoping that people are constantly, constantly going through that thing. And that's well. At that point, you have to have a location, right? At that point, you have to have a location that's moving people through it. Yep. And you're gonna have it for a while. Yeah. You have to know that. I mean, um, you have to build in a certain number. Like anybody who routes pinball machines, because I've never done it, but everyone always says they don't make any money, and that's probably true for a lot of people. But you obviously need to build in a certain amount of money to then put back into the machine for service and repair. Right. Because oh, yeah. stuff's going to break. And there's no way around it. So when yeah. I own Big Buck Hunter, uh, to get parts, you can't just buy parts willy-nilly. Right. I had to sign up for an account at Betson, which right. is a distributor yeah. and they, whatever. Now, they email me all the time on new arcades and stuff, which is how I found out about oh, right. so you can Cruising see Blast. Yeah. But they offer leases and stuff. So you can oh. you you can lease pinball machines, you can lease anything that they sell, and then there's a buyout at three years. Gotcha. So, and you also have to take an account like, so you buy this Star Wars game for thirty grand, you use it for two years, and you what you might owe ten on it still. You could still sell for fifteen. I'm what I'm more curious about it is so you lease this thing because it's like a car. You give it back at some point. I wonder what the how it has to be returned to them. Mm, sure. At some point, like a, especially a pinball machine that inherently, you know, parts can break, plastics can chip, the the play field can get damaged. It's like, not going back in mint condition. Right. How does that go back and what? Know. how do they figure out that ratio? That's interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you on no, that. No, when I was looking at I should have read the details because it was, the pinball was, I mean, you pretty much lease at MSRP mm-hmm. and the buyback after three years was it like 120 a month or something. So it, mm. you put a chunk of change into it. Yeah. And then the buyback was three some grand or so. So like if you were in a site, like a location, it might be a great deal because you could make over the course of three years on the lease, right. you, could, you could make <clears throat> thousands of dollars. And then you give it back and now it's no longer in favor. So you're getting something new and, right. and you just keep that three going. Three is a long time to have a pin. So you have to have yeah. a handful. Right. But, now for all those that do pay attention to your podcast... Because you were looking at the numbers, and there are people actually listening, which yeah, is great. My mom must have told our, her whole family. <laughs> and, and, and I can't remember because it's been you know a while since we started talking. Black hole is not fixed. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, because uh, I, when oh, I was, we should talk about when it. I was listening to podcast number five, you were still touting that the this weekend I'm going to get some of my protectors put on. <laughs> Some of the protectors are now on. Okay, so, <laughs> Actually, all the protectors are on. So Chris came up to visit. He had some dealings in down south. Uh, and Yeah, in the, tw- so in the he, Twin Cities area. So he, came, he was only a couple hours away, so he, he swung up for the weekend uh, to see my wife and I and our new baby and, of course, get punched in the balls by my dog. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you've had it happen? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Gus. Here's his deal. <laughs> um, and, and luckily... 
when Chris was there, Nikki knew it's pinball week. Right, there's gonna be some pinball time. Um, absolutely. So all we Friday night we we spent a lot of time fun. together. Yeah, did the family thing. And uh, Brecken would cry when I held her. Yeah, obviously. Uh, why not? <laughs> I don't know how you do it. And then uh, Saturday, literally all day, we and we started about noon. Pounded out the games. Yeah, we started at noon and we quit about eleven thirty because I. At eleven, I could stop. I couldn't see straight anymore, and, <laughs> and we had taken some breaks in there. But we basically started on a machine, you know, got all the protectors put on on each machine, and some of the, you know, like Lord of the Rings. Jeez, I worked on Lord of the Rings while you worked on Metallica. I mean, I had to take half of oh. half of the play field had to almost basically come off to get to where this one protector had to be applied. So I'm like pulling massive chunks of the machine apart to apply this one protector, and I'm just like. Even I was going, I don't know what I put this one on. So, okay, so I, we can go through my Lord of the Rings yeah. needed a full, it's a home use only, so really good condition, but yeah. it, I wanted to put all the, the cliffy protectors, the yeah. little metal protectors that cover ridges that the ball, if it travels over many times, kind of dimple and wear the wood out, then leads to paint chipping and clear coat. So these little. Kind of like they're, they're basically lip. little tiny pieces of aluminum yeah. that cover these spaces. Like that, scoops. Right, yeah. Places that will get that wear inherently over time. It covers them, but it doesn't impact the way the machine plays because it's a super thin layer of aluminum. The only big time it does is where scoops, where the ball usually needs to roll in. Yeah. Like Jurassic Park, yeah. uh, Lost World. That scoop, once the cliffy got on, it was really... Bear to get the ball in. You had, yeah, it, you had to shoot. It wouldn't roll in from the pops. Right. I had the same problem with my Tommy pinball machine. Oh, okay. Yeah. You added the protector and the hole that then the ball had to go through. There was no extra play that there used to be because mm-hmm. there was wear on it, so it made the hole a little bigger. Sure. So now it was the correct size and it 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 played completely different. So you got to you know you kind of take the yin and the yang of what makes more sense. But with the home use Lord of the Rings, I wanted them. But that game has what. One, two, three, six. four, six scoops. Six. Yeah, but there's a ton of protectors, yeah. and all the scoops are buried underneath under other stuff, ra- orbit rails, yeah. and oh yeah. So for the most part, when you're putting these protectors on, they're designed really well for those that are thinking about protectors for some of their games that are out there. They are designed very well, but inherently you have to pull off certain posts or things. Because then the protector has a hole that then that post goes back over, basically to lock it in place so that it can't come off and, it, and that kind of stuff. But so you have to take parts of the machine off to get to them. And like I said, Lord of the Rings, one of the protectors required taking off the there's – a, there's a secondary play field on the left side on mm-hmm. the top. Mm-hmm. That whole assembly oh. had to come oh, off. Oh, really? That's then a ramp the day, had yeah. to come off. And then – where the protector went, there's an entire rail that the ball s- swings around. Oh, in the my God. You I, took that out? He, were you not paying attention to what the hell I was doing over there? <laughs> I remember you complaining. Jesus. And then I was like, you bitch. It just comes right <laughs> out. And all of a sudden, you show me. Oh, yeah. The entire right. rail had to come out. So the back half of the play field was basically taken apart to put this one protector in. And wow. he didn't even clean it while it was out. Yeah. No, Jerk. absolutely not. <laughs> I, I did offer you, you did. the I for offered the opportunity it. to clean it while it was out. Yeah. I said, "Do you want to clean it?" I was busy. Now this is the thing that surprises me. Going back to pinball oh, for a minute. Man. So when I get a new machine, because I bought some new machines like Ghostbusters sure. and stuff like that, 
the my uncle it makes my uncle crazy. My uncle comes over and helps me move in my basement because it's very hard to get him in my basement. It takes two people. I unbox the machine. The machine gets set up. The first thing I do, I've typically bought protectors or bought some stuff that were put on the machine, <clears throat> but it gets waxed. And you, re, you replace the balls then too, right? Because the yeah, stern, I throw the, the ball. I throw the garbage. stern ones. They're crap. So you get new balls that are built a little better and last a little longer. All the balls get replaced. Um, <clears throat> so I'll do those things. So I unbox the machine, and he doesn't get to play it right away because it we yeah, wax it. And yeah, it's about got a couple a, more hours. Yeah, it's going to take a couple hours to put it together. So Parnell, uh, who is an incredible stickler about having all the protectors to make sure the machine doesn't get damaged. <laughs> takes all this time to work on his machines. Well, it doesn't take the time to work on his machines, but he doesn't doesn't wax them. I don't know how you have not waxed a brand new machine that you've now owned for a year. How how has Ghostbusters never been waxed? It's actually crazy to me. Like, you inherently are asking for damage. Why? Yet you'll spend all this money. It's because it's metal on metal parts. I don't fucking play the game. What, what, oh, what? They're, they're, they're. <laughs> That's the worst idea. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so not... so basically, you're saying I bought a car, I drive it in Duluth where we have salt to take care of the roads, but you know, no big deal. I don't drive it that much, so why would I ever wash it to get all the salt off of it so it doesn't rust the car? It's preventative maintenance. I know. Especially I... because you're so particular about this Lord of the Rings being home as you only like. Home use only. Beautiful machine. Ghostbusters, same thing. You bought it new. And you don't take the hour to do the simplest thing to protect that machine for the long run. I think I was way too excited. Because Metallica was brand new, too. And that's look what, what happened and, that, and you never waxed that. Frankly, I think that's your own fault. You no, never no, waxed no. the game. <laughs> you replaced the playfield on that machine, and I. And after t- last night, when you're like, "Oh, we replaced the playfield on the machine," you know, went through this whole process to get it replaced through Stern Pinball because there was damage to his machine. And after he told me he's never waxed any of the machines, I go, "Maybe that was your fault. Mm-hmm, like maybe no, da- maybe Metallica was, was damaged <laughs> because you you didn't protect your machine. That was a bad run because the the head decals are peeling off too. Yeah, you've definitely got, got a problem warranties. with that machine. Uh so, I should. I don't, it's so crazy to they, me. I, I shopped them when I took them to MGC. So like Jurassic Park and Tron and all that. Did you wax them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Full teardown. All new rubber kits. Yeah. Clean and wax. Um, or when I sell them, I'll do a full shop. Like like World Poker Tour got. I love that you spend all the time to get them ready to sell, but you won't maintain them. Like when I was pulling... Lord of the Rings apart because if I bought a used machine sure. from You're someone for, yeah, you... I strip it completely down clean everything and put it back together because then I know for at least a couple years I won't have to do that mm-hmm. it's going to get waxed all the time but I won't have to completely tear the machine down so as I'm taking Lord of the Rings apart obviously the person who owned this machine before subscribes to the same theory as Parnell and like the <laughs> layer of dust on the bottom of your plastics and on the top of those plastics, I was just like wiping off dust as I was doing it because I'm like, this is mental. That <laughs> do you wash your plastics? I do not wash my plastics. I clean them. You wipe them? Yeah, I wipe them down, and I, you know somebody will get mad at me. I typically use um, like Windex or something just to clean the tops, which is probably bad. Whatever, I don't care. Um, but I at least get the dust off of them. Right. You know. 
Yeah, that's the first thing I do. Any machine that comes in, it gets completely torn. The top side gets torn apart and cleaned. Because if you take the time to at least clean it, then it's not going to get dirty as fast. Right. So I did wash black simple. holes plastics like with nice soapy water. Not as, not like a... Not an abrasive or anything no, like that. Yeah, yeah. just done. Hmm. Yeah, I just was but that But that was super routed old, and it was kind of nasty plastic. Yeah. I didn't want to buy new ones because that cost money. And mine weren't too bad. They're just you know how old plastics from the heat of the lamps get mm-hmm. a little bit warped. Yeah. Uh, when my playfield for Metallica finally started chipping around the magnet in front of Sparky, mm-hmm. I took a picture for the warranty purposes, and it had maybe two hundred plays on it. Yeah, that's a problem. It, it, There's something wrong. And what, how long? Two years. Yeah. Two hundred plays. I mean, so like my games don't get hammered on. Now in my head. I want to wax my games a couple times a year or whatever. But you've never waxed them once. <laughs> no. I feel like I and don't have time. There's a difference between... It literally takes an hour. I get out the wax. I take the glass off. I wax it. Just Because okay, so, I just... I rub wax it. I don't get out the polisher and all the things no, that yeah. crazy people do. You put the wax on all the areas you can get to. I walk away and go send six or seven emails. Because that's about all the time it takes for the wax to dry. Come back. And so what wipe about it what down. about like uh like and put the class back on? Like remember for my wedding, I yeah. shopped Tron, yeah. which is like a f- I did a full tear down, cleaned yeah. everything, and it was down because it broke at the wedding, and it has only been played from league, so I don't know, maybe fifty to hundred plays, and there's ball trails and everything looks like shit again. What the fuck? And so the ramps are in the way. So do you tear your ramps off? Mm-hmm. So you. So you take all the top stuff off to get to the back orbits. Yes, yeah. when I do it. When I got, I had a Tron at one point, and I bought it from somebody who was incredibly high-end Tron that he had spent a bunch of extra money on and so forth like that. That Tron was pristine. I took the entire thing apart to then clean it. And there were areas that he didn't get to because sure. he obviously didn't go back around yeah, to the back could... orbits where you have to pull that stuff off. And but again, aren't that bad. But the problem is that that's ba- the dirt's back there. It is. So that's it where the... gets on the ball and now is coming around to the areas that you cleaned and is making the front half dirty. So if you don't clean it, you're not getting – you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you, So when I cleaned Tron and Jurassic Park, Lost yeah. World, the main dirt was held in the trough. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, do I pull troughs. Do you clean that? Yeah, I pull troughs off. I do everything. I pull the apron off, clean under the apron. Like you don't even play under the apron of a I pinball machine. I think you just machine, have too much I time clean, on your hands. Well, you know. You just like what is the apron? So the the metal piece that's at the bottom, okay, yeah, where the ball drains into, yeah. and there's scorecards and stuff like that. That's the apron. So there's a couple screws that then it pops off. Okay. So there is a large portion of playfield underneath that that isn't used. Mm-hmm. It's just they need to put the wood there to use it. But that collects a pile of dirt, sure, and a pile of just dust. And so that theoretically can make its way back in the game because it's there and. You know, and from it does. It, it does. So I clean all that off. Man. Like I've gotten plenty of machines that people are, are like, oh, I you know, it. I just shopped it out and it's beautiful and I did all the stuff and you pull that apron off and it's just a layer of dirt and I'm like, oh, definitely. It literally takes five seconds to take this piece off. How have you not done that? Um, not necessarily you, but I'm saying when people shop out yeah. games, like do it correctly. I feel like it's hard too because I will go months without going into the basement. Mm-hmm. So I won't even like see my games, and so then I don't even think about them. It's Which is of, why you needed to have league. 
Yeah, it got me back down there and playing. Cause oh, that's the idea. Without League, Metallica went to broke so fast. Yeah. And I, I'd be like, two years from now, I'd be going, hey, Cointaker, my distributor, uh, yeah. can we get this replaced? Uh, your warranty's up. We'll see right. what we can do. And it's like, wow. So. How's that? Meh. <laughs> um, Chris likes the noises I make. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. I mean, when I'm at home, because when I'm at home, I'm at home. I don't, you know, go to an office or any that kind of stuff. I turn on a different machine every day. So every day I turn on one machine, and I might play it once an hour when I got a second. I might go down for 15 minutes after I've done some yard work or whatever, and then the next day I turn on a different machine. So I know it's on down there, and because I turned it on, it kind of forces me to go down and play a game or two. It makes sense. You know, it's kind of – and I've had the same problem in the past is that because life is so busy – you know, my office is in my basement, so when I actually have to go down there to do something, I walk by all these machines going, God, I really got to get down here and play. Right. Because I don't play at all. And so it forces me, because it's on. So it's easy to walk over, because now it's on, so why yep. wouldn't you play a five-minute yeah, oh, game? Because we're really talking about five minutes, for mo- for me anyways, on most games, because I suck. Good thing you know Lord of the Rings would be like a 50-minute game. Yeah, you know, I play, so I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan. Parnell loves that game. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like... Uh, Waterworld. It's only going to be there a month. Um, and so I play, I've play. i played it in the past a few times. And so I figured I'm going to give it a shot at his house because he's there. And I'll play some games on it and get a you know, I think the last time I played it, it was like routed. So or out on route. So it wasn't playing right anyways. Man, I got two games in and I was done with that machine. Really? Yep. You didn't say anything. Had no interest to me. Yeah, we played Ghostbusters a bunch. Yeah, Tron a handful of times. But Lord of the Rings just doesn't do anything for me. Mm. But I don't know if it's because I don't know the objective. Maybe it's because I don't know the objective. Like you're collecting all these that dead souls or something like that. that. I don't know what that's oh, all yeah. about. Like, what about, how'd you feel about playing Tron? Well, I love Tron. I don't like the movies. I've never seen the movies. Oh, you're ridiculous. Yeah, the flow of Tron <laughs> is amazing to me. It feels like every shot feels good when you shoot that shot. When you it's, make it, yeah, like it's Gem and fast, Quora, oh. but it's fast, and it just the, the soundtrack is great. Like it's a complete package. So I enjoy playing Tron and enjoy that game, but I don't want to own one. Yeah. And again, that's only because I go, well, I'm not in love with that machine, so there's space for something else. I've got a, I've got one that's called Pool Sharks. It's a System 11 machine. It might be one of the crappier System 11s that was designed and built. Like, it really is not great. I should get rid of that and get a taxi or something like that in. But I still enjoy playing it, so I don't want to get rid of it, you know. As long as you enjoy it, that's all really matters. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, so okay. So we get we did Lord of the Rings. Yeah. We put all the protectors on Medieval Madness. Yeah. From Clippy. Yeah. And there was one that scared us. The catapult was a little pain. That in the wasn't butt. bad. I I, I, I haven't posts. done yeah I haven't done mine. The catapult plastic or uh, protector on mine because I thought it was going to be ugly and hard to do. Well, it wasn't too shabby. Easy. I'm going to do it when I get home tonight. The scary one was the is it the moat? Yeah, it was yeah. In the, the back ca- moat. Yeah. It was inside the castle. When you hit the lock on to the left, the little flap door, and the protector goes into the hole inside the castle, like right. you, you don't see it, but it protects the wood um, from the ball rolling around in there. And again, he fought this protector, getting it in place because, but you okay, you so, physically can't see it. You're mm-hmm. never gonna know it's there. So I don't understand the purpose of putting it. Because I finally said, I "Why put it in thing. there?" Oh, there you go. Because I was like, "Why put it in there if you're never gonna see it?" So. The scary part was there's a there's a giant castle in the back of the game, yeah. And you shoot into the castle in two spots, and the the towers move. And so there's a bunch of mechs. It looks daunting to take this apart. 
And so I was reading the thread and people were going, well, yeah, I, we haven't installed ours either because it just it's a, it's a, it takes a lot of time. Right. <clears throat> I finally found an instructions for like a mantis protector. And the back towers that shake when the game, when the castle blows up, is four bolts. And then you have the complete access to what you need to do to put the protector in. So you could put install it in 15 minutes. Granted, it took 45 minutes to get to that point because he sat back there and swore at trying yeah. not to pull the castle out first. You would take my dog out and i text you, yeah. oh yeah, easy peasy. Yeah, like I, I got over listening to complain over in the corner about this game and make a bunch of noise. I'm like, I'm not going to take the dog outside. <laughs> <laughs> Went outside and came back uh, and he was basically done. Yeah, so that actually wasn't too bad. I uh, had all the other protectors like a scoop and the drain. Fix your troll. Oh, shit. Your troll Did you fix your troll? Working. Good. It wasn't so easy, good. embarrassingly easy. Was, but to your credit, if you don't know how to do it, the mech looks difficult. Like you're like the way it's designed. Because some of the older mechs that you know, like on System Eleven stuff, they they didn't make a modular like they do now. They really design machines now to pop parts in and out. Because like they pop kn- bumpers. Those were those were yeah. stapled and. Yeah, uh, hardwired, hardwired, hardwired in the whole yards. So they now have made all these parts easy to pop out complete mechanisms to take them apart. So I understand why it felt like that would be daunting. It literally was one bolt unscrewed, pulled a piece out, oh. adjust the little switch, put it back in. So, so the coil That's plunger awesome. had a collar to the troll head. Yeah. One bolt came out. And that was it. The troll wiggled out. Unplug, unplug the troll. Yeah, unplug the troll. W- wiggled <laughs> out. And then... Uh, we didn't even adjust the switch. So no, what happened exactly. was the troll's head was just the switch was closed. So it like jammed could... against the switch somehow, and then it didn't release itself. So okay. there's probably another adjustment that should be done with it to ensure that when because eventually again. it's going to happen again. So there's probably a little bit of adjustment we could have done with the switch, the leaf switch in there to mm. fix it, which is again super simple. You can pull it back it? apart. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we threw it back in. Te- ran it. We went to the menu system. Did the test mode. That both heads are registering really good. They're popping up and down, holding. Boom. That's awesome. It really is so funny, too, because for a very long time, and I'm not pointing at you in any way, shape, or form. But, but you are pointing at me right now. Yeah, that may have happened. <laughs> for a very long time, I was afraid to do a lot of stuff with pinball machines. Like when I first got into it, I was afraid to do maintenance. I was afraid to take things apart because I was afraid I was going to break things more. Mm-hmm. And so, like, now I... Let's take this apart. What you know? What's the worst that's going to happen? You know what I mean? Oh, you put a hole in my playfield. Oh, whatever. So, <laughs> besides breaking a plastic that's irreplaceable, yeah, which is some of that st- kind of stuff. The mechanical stuff they make parts for all this stuff now. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like they're manufacturing all these parts again because it's a business because pinballs resurge. So, you know, I, you were standing there when we had fixed the head troll, and you would think that we landed on the moon. Right. Oh. It's yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, next, let's move on. You know, uh, uh, like he literally was like, "Oh, this is great." <laughs> so I bought a medieval man is brand new, and I had what, maybe two issues. I had the drawbridge would kind of hang up on the way down, and I kind of monkeyed with it, and then it just worked. And I want to say it was just binding up, but it's a good way to fix things, by the way. Whatever, <laughs> it's working now. I'm fine. It would it would go down and be about sixty percent hold. And the motor would finish, but then it, all of a sudden it would just flop down. Mm. Not usable, right? Because you have to wait till the drawbridge closes completely for the ball to get in. But then the troll never, ever worked. 
This is everything is interesting to me, especially because the, the, the business you guys are in, you're you work on, you know, you were on the internet all day. Now, this is kind of right. There's the internet out there. I I didn't know how to fix the troll. Sure. And Parnell was going. Oh, I don't know how to do this. It literally took me a minute to go. How do you take a troll mech from Media Lumanus apart? Boom. The first thing that was on the option in Google wasn't the right thing. The second thing I clicked on and go, oh, yeah, it's just that bolt. <laughs> it is the thing that surprises me most. I mean, about anybody in life, you can look at anything. It's out there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I've done so many home improvements around my house. I don't know how to sweat pipes, mm-hmm. like copper pipes. I went and watched three videos on YouTube. And, you know, that's my meter. I go to YouTube. I watch three different videos from different people and look to see the things that each one they constantly are doing throughout. Right. Like, oh, three different people had to do this same thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what you do. Like, I never knew how to drywall, like mud and tape. Watched three different videos and went, yeah, they're always doing the same thing to mud and tape. Mud and taping is the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. There's nothing to it. And so it's just the internet's such a resource, especially in our hobby now. I like, agree. I think it's unreal. I think if I... Uh, want to be able to fix my games or spend more time, I kind of have to schedule them now yeah. with, with the family life and stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, uh, Nikki, uh, every Thursday night, blah, 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 and it's going to be from 8 to 10 or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, I have three machines that are down in my basement right now, you know, and so I need to get to them. And it inevitably doesn't happen. You know, like I think about it too late and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, any size pinball collection, there's always something not working on a machine. If it's always. not broke, it's not pinball. Well, that's true. That's a good point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like you were talking about Batman Forever as a possible machine. Right. Like we were talking um, earlier, the ramp I don't think is obtainable. Oh, that huge one that comes the down to the huge one that's obtainable, and that's like a really important piece is, to the game. That is like... <laughs> You know? A major, it's a, it's, it's like, a major piece right. to the game, and so that's the only thing. Like when you start looking for one or looking at one, is you got to really be particular to make sure it works. Like I bought my Elvira and the Party Monsters, looked great. Did I? I think that one shipped in. I can't remember if I picked that one up or shipped it in, but I didn't look close enough, and it, you couldn't see it from where it was. But one of the ramps goes down in the back and then drops the ball in in a specific place. That ramp was blown out, and they basically took silicone and created the ramp just out of, like, caulking silicone. Like, just kept laying it in there and shaping <laughs> it until it made a ramp. And I, wow. When I took the, I got the machine home, instantly started taking it apart, and I started freaking out. I'm like, holy crap, what the hell did I buy, you know? Like, uh-huh. those are the things that I always worry about when you start looking at parts that are unobtainable. Luckily, a year later, they started making ramps for Elvira again, so I got to buy a set. Now I have a set for it. And that's plastic, right? Plastic, yeah. 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 L- luckily, the Batman Forever one is a metal wire form. Oh, so it is. So th- they're prone to less breaking. No, I thought, no, there's something on that machine that breaks. There might be another ramp. Maybe but, there's another But ramp. the big swooping ramp yeah, is yeah, it's metal. metal. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The hard part is that's what there's a whole used. Batman, like a whole Batmobile or Bat. There's a big green piece to that oh, machine. I wonder if there's a big that's the piece ramp. that breaks, I think. And is that well, Data East? The big huge Data East. East. Uh, I don't know which one. Sega or Data East? I think it's Data East. I don't think it those, had switched to so Sega. So Stern yet. owns those licenses. Yeah, and so they're they're so bad at getting them reproduced. They don't. They just don't do it. There's no money in it. There might be. Well, not there's on enough. the game that low number. Yeah, there's not enough money in in reproducing parts for that because if you look at it 
Somebody's making the the, the, the ramp guy on on Pinside, and I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah, I can't. Right, he's or remaking. He made a bunch of taxi. Right, he's making, but he's remaking Rocky and Bullwinkle Winkle ramps. Right, there's a ramp on that that inherently yeah. broke. How many of those are really out there? There's actually a bunch. Oh, were there? So, like, there's no invested interest for these people to make all that stuff from from probably a a large business standpoint, because the run isn't going to be large enough to make it, a, a profit that is well, the here's the hard part. So the way he's doing it, because I looked into it to make checkpoints ramp, because hmm. that's also an unattainable part. I I found some on RPG the news group. I found someone that had listed years ago a NOS checkpoint playfield and ramp and a couple other parts. And I, out of the blue, years after, contacted them, still had them. So I bought them. They shipped out of country. Took forever to get them. But my plan was, because I had been talking to that free mm-hmm. player, Flaps, whatever. Send it to him to redo. And he was just like, eh, you know, I'm not, not really interested in that ramp, but, you know, we'll talk in a little while. And, I found out how to make it. It's like two chunks. It's a two-part. Like he, I think he does a silicon mold. Yeah. So you preform it, and but when you you talk to a manufacturer, when I was looking at remaking stand-up targets for that Secret Santa, they want to do two-piece like aluminum molds. Yeah. Because you can bang more out, and right. it lasts longer. It lasts longer. longer. Right. Well, that inherently costs a ton more. Yeah. So yeah, if you're a big company like Mar- Marco or Pinball Rifle, then hire China to make these. You're gonna go metal, so you can use it in the long run and keep your molds around. Right. But this free this guy on pin side is just using these silicon. See what bangs out fifty or hundred. Right. And so it's way and, it, and it's and it's a secondary business form. It's not his main business. Oh yeah, it's right. just a hobby for him to make. Now the curio- my curiosity is that so since Stern owns the rights to Data East and Sega, is there a warehouse somewhere that has all these molds still sitting in it? Well, in theory, because they've yes. kept, but. I mean, you know, at some point when Data East was done, because I think there was a lull between Data East and Sega, but there's definitely a lull between Sega and uh, and Stern. Like at some point when those businesses get bought up or end, there's the there's the uh, dumpster. Because I was down at Stern one time. I don't think I've ever told anybody this. I went down to Stern to do something. Can't remember what it was. Oh, I was picking them up at ACDC. They had a massive dumpster outside, one of the huge industrial dumpsters, and it was open in the back. <clears throat> and I was driving out of the parking lot looking in there, and it was the over half of the dumpster was full of all the Family Guy figurines. They obviously had decided we don't need to warehouse an entire sea container full of Family sure. Guy figurines, pitch them. And they were in the dumpster and were going to the trash. When you know what I mean? So at some point, what's the point of keeping all that stuff? I, I guess. But when you make a bunch of ramps, you know, yeah. whatever, for a, for a system, why wouldn't you make extras to then hold in and then sell them off for when people need them repairs? See, they do. Because like yeah, Metallica, they, they, you overmake. But yeah. the, the inventory for repairs or people to buy, you do, it's not very big. Okay. And, they're, and they probably are making a certain number of extras for warranty stuff. Just like they're that. not making it for a secondary market. Okay. They're making it for warranty. And so they have to hold on to it for an X number of time because warranty's what one year. <clears throat> yeah, whatever their warranty period is, and then good Samaritan you keep some of that stuff around anyways because people are gonna well, come Well I'm assuming to you they blah, might because like Marco sells a ton of extra parts. Like they sell Sparkies. Yeah, and they might buy but Pimbo Life doesn't do it. 
Right. And then I've asked Pimble Life a handful of times on certain parts that Marco has, but they don't. They're like, well, we can't get from Stern. Yeah. So Marco must have some sort of relationship where they do buy inventory because they have the warehouse ability. Yeah. To kind of store these random weird parts. Yeah, I mean, there's, <clears throat> and I know, I know a bit of that backstory, and it's not my place to to say why that is, but there is a difference of opinion between Pinball Life and Stern. And so oh, sure. they yeah. that's why they don't get some of those things shared. That's why some of that stuff they don't get. Oh, yeah. And Marco's been around for a hell of a long time. Right. So it's Marco life. But, right. Yeah. But I have like manuals and papers from these 1980 Gottlieb games and there's Marco's ads. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. We got all sorts of – there's a, a – Steve's game came with the warranty certificate still in it. Oh, that's so cool. It's kind of neat to have that stuff. I got a uh, – my when I bought my Elvira and the Party Monsters, it, it – in that generation, and probably even in the early '80s and so forth, the man, you got the manual that came with the game, but then they had a service manual that came with the game, and then they had um, an operator's manual. So the operator's manual had the like you know on any of those things where you go into service bulletins and you change settings, you know, like mm-hmm. change a game to free play or change the setting that it doesn't sure. give any extra balls. So it had a bunch of those things listed in it that are the things that most operators want to do. You know, here's how you change the setting to make it three ball instead of five ball. Here's the setting you change to make it not give any free games, you know, that kind of stuff. And then in the back of that was always five or six pages of just lines. And then that's where the operator could write in every week the pro- the amount of money that came out of that machine. Okay. So when I got my Elvira and the Party Monsters, uh-huh. it still had that booklet in there from 1991 or 1990 when that machine was out on route making money with all the operators' oh, notes in there of how much money sweet. they've made. Like this week I made you know $500. This week I made $150. It's really cool. That kind of stuff is fascinating yeah, that, to see. Cool. That's cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, I like that stuff. It's interesting. Inter- interesting to see. The generations of like how much money a game made, right? Like in the mm-hmm. '80s, System 11s made I think a bunch. Mm-hmm. And there was a lull kind of when the NES came out, the home entertainment from Nintendo. And then back in like '95, '96 was when Medieval and Attack yeah, those came were doing out, big money. and they went bonkers. Yeah. And then it kind of lulled again, and you know, in the 2000s was just stern, and it was just and they were crap making show. crap games. Yeah. <clears throat> and now it's back again, and as a result, none of us can afford the hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no mm-hmm. shit. And system eleven thousand dollars system eleven is going for three grand now. It's just stupid. It's insane. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. He's, like we found Steve's game super cheap, so there's yeah. always little. And, and there's still those places out there to find that kind of stuff, and you know, and as and as you find, and Parnell knows that, as you start flipping that game up to get to something else, at some point there'll be one that you'll just be like, you know what, I just got to bite the bullet. I'm gonna pay the extra money. Sure. Based on condition, right, or based on the reason that you know, as silly as it is, was I want it? Today I want. But that's a, a big reason. Yes, yeah. I wanted this machine, right. so I'm willing to pay the extra amount yeah. because of it. Exactly. So I think what we'll do is we'll get Steve Waterworld next, and then he can go from Waterworld <laughs> to Batman Forever. So he'll know. It'll what, only take you eight goodness. years to get in between there to get to that <laughs> that next level after Waterworld. Well, he'll, it's he'll it was an awful it. movie. Why would you think the game was any good? The game was pretty decent. That's a difference of opinion. Uh, you didn't even play it. I didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> when I get my virtual pin up, which might take eight more years. Yeah, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I will how, long, how long have you had all the parts to make the virtual pin? Oh, 2012. <laughs> 
I bought, I spent $2,000 on a gaming rig and monitors. And then said, oh, crap, this cabinet's going to take a while, so I'll go buy a real pinball in the meantime. And that's when I bought Waterworld, and then, and then I just kept buying real games. Listen, I have hope for you, because if you use the podcast as the meter, it only took... Four months to get all the uh, cliffies installed on the machines? I mean, that's pretty <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. You're getting there. You're um, getting there. See, maybe you just need to visit more often. Yeah, right. We should get a direct flight from Milwaukee to Duluth. Does that even exist? Chicago. You get a ride on a moose or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a boat that goes around, you know, through the lakes. I could get that. fun. <laughs> I used to live on North Dakota for a while, and it was like an 11-hour drive to to get back to Duluth. No kidding. Yeah. So I, oh. I did it, I don't know, every couple of months. And I, so I, yeah, I got a lot, of, a lot of mileage on my Firebird when I had it. But um, it was theoretically a three-hour flight or less. But it cost like twice as much to get a direct flight. Otherwise, you can go all the way down to the cities and back for like 100 bucks. Yeah. But now you're looking at like seven hours right. or something, or like, or like six yeah. hours. It's like, well, I might as well just, if it's going to be seven hours, I might as well just drive it. And in between there, your flight might get delayed, get yeah. canceled. You might have to get in a, you might have to rent a car anyways to get here. Right. <laughs> well, just, that's exactly what MGC and Chris's house are by each other. So, like, I was thinking last year, oh, yeah, I'll just fly down. Because it's a, it's, what, three-hour flights, one hour to the cities, like one or two hours in Milwaukee. Yeah, right, yeah. But then you think, well, it takes me two, yeah, be early an hour or two, then you have a layover. That's right. I, yeah, and then I you it get to Milwaukee, and then you have another wait, you know, wait for Chris to pick me up, and then it's an hour drive home. So now you're over the six or seven hour drive. Now that, or at least you could get stuff done while you're driving. Now that said, yes, that's very true, and it won't be a problem probably moving forward, but there was a time that that probably made sense only because... Getting up on Sunday morning, the prospect of you guys driving home still hung over. Oh, yeah. I would never it would have totally make more sense to get on a plane because you had no business getting in a car and driving. Uh-huh. Usually those guys would be like, we just got to stick around for a while because I cannot get in a car right now right, and go. Because right. <laughs> it was always like, we're going to leave here at 11. Uh-huh. We're just going to pull our game early and we're leaving early. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, there was. We should tell our MGC story sometime. But there was one where <laughs> there was a very epic MGC story. Oh. Yeah, it was good. So, what? Speaking of which, I've been thinking about taking a road trip to your house. Yeah, with Steve, and maybe I didn't want to go to MGC because uh, I was going to protest their move and the bullshit of alcohol at VIP with not buying a ticket, which is how you should do it. If you don't, but you're gonna, you don't. but you're gonna bring a game, so you're not buying a ticket anyways. How have you protested? How do you think I'm gonna? Bring, what game? Oh, they're all broke. No, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what would be cool is if we if we fixed all our disco, we could bring that. Yeah, there you go. Um, but then we still have to find a way to get in because uh, it's one game per person. One game per person. So there's well, always ways to get them, I guess. I mean, I the, theoretically, have probably two things there, so okay. But then we could hang out at, uh, we were talking about staying at Chris's house the whole time. And it got me interested in going again, so like, oh, if I didn't have to pay for the hotel and do all that, we could just be together like we should be the entire weekend. (laughs) It would make, it would make it easier. Wow, you walked into that one. (laughs) No way around it. But then we'll we'll have an episode for the podcast stuff. Like, we'll have tons of content we can do. 
for podcasting. And then, mm-hmm. then there's like a video game. So here's a, here's a question to you guys because I was thinking of this the other day. And now we're deep into this. So is it – because I see it at some shows. Is there interest to go to like an MGC – and do podcasts from there, a and thus, podcast. and then like miss out on actually seeing the show because you're spending this time podcasting. No, I mean, I, I guess theoretically, yes. Yeah. But I personally would rather just experience it. Yeah. And then, and then do get it my recap. Of yeah. It. Right. Like, yeah. This is what I thought was the best. Yeah. Instead of monkeying around and trying to, first of all, it's not going to sound good because yeah. you're going to have all these people talking, all people right. bumping into you and stuff like that. I've heard. People do it in the show. Oh, it's horrible. My favorite is you see them because I've seen them sitting there and they're just like watching people walk by them and they're like, you're like, oh, look at them. Yeah. <laughs> look at those podcast cards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's what I think. Sure, sure, I'm sure. like, you know, well, it's the same thing in, in pinball. You know, they're... There are tournaments, right? They run tournaments at the right. shows and stuff like that. And so they used to be for money mm-hmm. at MGC in particular. And it was amazing to me that people will line up and play in that tournament all day long. Like basically they have a, a time frame where you can qualify for the tournament. Okay. And it's at the time it was just based on how much you paid. Like you paid a dollar, you could go play three games, up your scores to then potentially get in the tournament. And people would stand in line all day just to do that. I'm like, you are missing... Yeah. Everything that's going on out yep. here because you're just standing in line. Yep. But I, I'm not a tournament guy, so. I want to get into tournaments, but you kind of need to know games mm. so you can use the rule set for your advantage. That sounds like a lot of work. You're you're part of the pinball league that Parnell yeah. started? I was actually, that was actually a question I was going to have for you is mm. how do you run your pinball leagues? Because when we have a pinball <clears> league, it's just a bunch of guys getting together, yeah. basically playing pinball and talking and drinking. Right. That's typically what ours are. Um, there's obviously many ways to run leagues. The league I'm in works for me because I travel so much. And so a friend started this league probably five, six years ago um, because there was some disgruntledness going on in the other leagues in the area. But it's based on every month. So you show up, you pay 20 bucks, $10 goes to the host for food because they're in charge okay. of food and everything like that. $10 goes into the pot for the winnings. <clears throat> we play um, four games, and it's a scoring system. So if you get first place on the game, you get seven points. If you get second place, you get five, three, and one point. And so you do the first round, and then all the people who have – seven points then go to the next bracket at the top and you start filling them all in and then so the next line you're playing people who got more points on the previous game and so at the end basically after your four games you just add up the total of points you had so you know just based on how you do and then whoever has the know, most points the most points wins that weekend and so it pays out in three ours pays out in three numbers you know first second and third and then we run a side game out of that money as well. And it's just 20 bucks, so you basically get your money back. The host picks a game. You play one game on that uh, machine at any time. And whoever has the high score on that game over the course of the night wins their 20 bucks back for the night. So ours is very simple. There's a lot of leagues that are point-based to where you have to, you know, it's a nine-month season and you have to go every month and play. And But I don't have time for that and I'm right. never home. like Because right. I have a friend who wanted me in their league and – because moreover, because they were hoping I would host, because the size of collection makes it nice to host with right. that. Um, and I just said, "There's no reason because if I miss two two months of the season, I'm theoretically knocked out. Mm-hmm. Like I can't get enough points at that point. And I'm not a good player, anyways. 
I can't get enough points to contend. What's the point of feeding money into a system that you never have a chance? Right. I won third place one time, like out of our league one month. Granted, it was the month there was something else going on. I think the, the pinball thing was going out on out in Pittsburgh or in uh, down in uh, Texas. So like all the good players weren't there because they were at that. <laughs> so I won third place. And yeah, it was like, yeah. it was only like that month. It was only like 30 bucks. Like usually third place is still getting like 60 or 70 bucks. Like, that's cool. That's pretty great, right? Yeah. You know, because we do, we typically do between 16 and 24 people. Like oh, wow. when we do it at my house, because we have so many games, we'll do 24 players. Okay. Because you can still space everybody out so they're not playing next to each other. So there's always at least one machine in between everybody just for space because, you know, as we all know, as soon as you start collecting these things, space becomes a premium. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that works out. But usually it's 16 players. So, you know, it averages about 80 bucks for first place and 50 for third and, you know, 65 or something for third, for second place. So that's kind of how we run it. I've never done any of the other league tournament style stuff. Uh, again, because I don't have time. Sure. I've been trying to come up with a bracket that works, and I just haven't taken the time. But we did like the pin golf, <coughs> pin golf one night where you have, you know, on Metallica. It's yeah. How many balls does it take to get Sparky multiball? Right. And uh, that was really fun. Everybody liked that. Yeah, and that's fun. I've never done it, but I hear really great things about it because you create an objective, and it's not just based on how well you're playing. You know, overall, yeah. you've got s- something specific you're trying to get to. So sometimes that favors some people. Sometimes it favors other people, depending on what the objective is. Yeah. And then we did dollar games a handful of times, and that's always been real fun because yeah, you they're super low scoring. It yeah. gets super crazy and intense. And now we so we play dollar games two ways. And, and my buddy Tim, who plays pinball, he's good, but he is crap often during league. And mm-hmm. as soon as you pull dollars out, he's. He's a genius. He can play anything. Like <laughs> something about the dollar being on the machine, uh-huh, uh-huh. suddenly he knows how to play pinball again. <laughs> he makes everyone mad. <laughs> so, but we play two ways. So we, and I'm a firm believer the dollars are on the table. You don't put them on the machine next to you. You take them all, you tuck them into the uh, lockdown bar on the machine. Okay. So they're on the apron, but they're not on the way. We also play that you can put it anywhere on the table. So you take your dollar and you cover up stuff. stuff. And that's fun, too. Like, both ways are fun. Yeah, because we've done it both ways as well. Because it is fun to cover it up. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Yeah. I I love dollar games. It's because it creates – I mean, most people can afford a dollar. Mm -hmm. And if you come with $5, you're at least playing five games. But – only you only have to win once, and now you're playing another six or yeah. seven games. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's yeah. not hard to keep to have a long night of playing with five bucks in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So I like it, but there is something about dollar games that just that dollar is enough to make it interesting. Yeah, well, because there's something on the line. Now. Yeah, there's something on the line. When I when I was uh, on tour, I, when I travel for tour, I work with Music Acts. and so I have a pinball machine that we now carry in a road case. Like it travels everywhere we go. Open it up every day, set it up. It's designed already preset at the right angle and everything like that. And it's just for strictly for fun because I get very irritated at some of the people I work with at times. And so I go out and play a couple games, burn off steam. And so we carried a family guy. My family guy was out there for a while. And so a friend, uh, our lighting designer who works and does the lights for the concert, we started playing 
hundred dollar games. We started oh. we started at five dollar games, and then we went to twenty dollars, uh-huh. and then we said let's do a hundred. Like wow. let's do a hundred. I can honestly say I have never been so stressed in my entire <laughs> life. Like that hundred dollar bill out there. Like Woo. anytime the ball remotely looked like it was coming near the flippers, I was like, "Oh God, what's yeah, gonna happen?" happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I've never been so stressed in my uh-huh. entire life. We did that once, and I'm like, "Nope, yeah. I can't play." Five dollars was way more than I like. Right. At five dollars, I was like, "This is a lot of money that's out there uh-huh. now." You know what I mean? But yeah. And and like that machine because it's on wheels to roll in and out of the truck and that kind of stuff like it's in the case. I had to take the tilt bob out of it, so you literally can take oh, the machine hit it hard. You can you literally I swing it like <laughs> I'll grab it and you can literally the the wheels have locks so it will only swing as far as the casters will spin. But that's a good six plus yeah. inches. You can get that thing to swing back and forth. So when we play, I'm just swinging it back and forth. It doesn't tilt. You don't care. <laughs> so have you gotten new people into pinball? Absolutely. Do they, Absolutely. Have they bought games or they just enjoy it? With- no one's bought games. But I tell you what, what it does do is that on days off, you're stuck in a city that you don't know. I either go on Pinside or go on a couple of the different websites out there that say what games are, you know, the pinball oh, yeah, map the pinball games. Map. And I'll say, hey... I'm going here today if anybody wants to come play pinball for a couple hours. And because they've played and aren't afraid of it, because usually, I mean, a lot of times, anybody who's new, I spend time doing tutorials more than anything out there of, you know, here's how this game plays. Here are the objectives you're trying to go. And when you start explaining some of that stuff, people are like, oh, that completely makes sense. You know, for most people who don't play pinball, if you take five minutes and explain that it is mostly about geometry, mm-hmm. people can understand that. Because if they walk up to a pinball machine and just start hitting the flippers and don't understand that based on the speed of that ball and or if you cradle the ball and hold it, it's really about geometry. At this point on the flipper, that shot's going to go there. At this point on the flipper, that shot's going to go there. And as soon as they can start grasping that around pinball, they go, oh, it's not that hard. No. There's a lot of skill involved, but it's still not that hard if you understand simple geometry. So so it usually starts as a tutorials and that kind of stuff and showing people how to play. And then, you know, we usually don't play for dollars out there, that kind of stuff. It's really just for fun. But, yeah, we've gotten a bunch of people into pinball. One of the artists I work for, the guitar player, who has been in the band for 40 years at this point. I've been, I've been working for that band for since 1999. And so... I decided I was bringing out the pinball machine. I'd had it out on a couple other tours at that point. And there's an expense to get it out there. Like, basically, I have cases that have, like, office supplies in them. You know, printers and stuff like that because we need it every day. And they go on the semi, and then they come off the semi and go in the building, and we use them. Well, I added the pinball machine to those cases when they get shipped out. Now, it is on the artist to ship those cases out to start the tour. Like, they pay whatever the freight cost is to put it on a truck and bring it to us. So we started this tour, and I didn't tell the guy who's above me, who is one step lower than the artist, hey, I'm bringing out this pinball machine for the tour. So like, it's coming out. It's part of the, what I call the production pack, my cases. It has to come out. And so it shows up, and we got probably – actually, it happened here in Duluth. Oh, so yeah. we played a show in Duluth over at the theater, and that day the guy in charge above me – we have offices down the hall from each other – the machine always ends up usually on the, like the loading dock or somewhere where everyone can easily get to it, but it's out of the way. It's not making a lot of noise where the band needs to rehearse something. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. But it's accessible. The guitar player 
every day would play pinball every day. They would show up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. He would be on that machine until dinner time. <laughs> then between dinner and showtime, he would play pinball. So we're in Duluth, and at this point, it's probably four shows into the tour. And the, the tour manager, the guy above me, comes into the room and goes, Hey, do you hear that? Sounds like a pinball machine. <laughs> He's like, I've heard it the last couple shows. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Bob, we have one on tour. He's like, huh? Uh-huh. And you know, and at this point, like my wheels start turning because it probably costs a thousand dollars to ship that case alone right. to where we start the tour. So the tour has paid a thousand dollars to get this thing out wow. there, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and at the end of it, you got to pay to ship it back to where I store all my stuff. Like sure. you know, there's an inherent cost involved. In this. So he's like, and I go, yeah, Bob, that that's my machine. I own it. I brought it out on the road so everyone could play it. And he kind of goes. Oh, and he's a money man, so his gears are turning. So he walks down the hall, and I'm waiting for him to come back and go, how did that get paid for? How did that get here? You know, like, I'm waiting for it. He walks down the hall, and the guitar player, who is the right-hand man to the guy in the band, who has been there for 40 years, just go, Bob, this is the best thing we have ever had on tour. He's like, we've been doing this for 40 years. This is the best thing in the world. And Bob comes back and is like, oh, good on you. That's really great that we have that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And so, That's and, awesome. Yeah, it was so great. And like, literally, I was like, I'm probably going to have to pay some money. Like, He's right. going to ask me to foot some of the bill. Uh-huh. And so there was that one. And then so I had left that tour at one point because I was unavailable to do one of the tours they were doing. And I got an email from the guitar player after like the second day going, why aren't you out here? I don't have the pinball machine. <laughs> sure. He was irritated uh-huh. that the pinball machine wasn't there. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's entertaining. Keeps everyone kind of, you know, it's something to do in the afternoon. It's something to do. It's a good stress yeah, reliever. Stress you get your reliever, mind up, everything. Every, you know, and, and people gravitate towards it like yep. they do when you're at your house playing pinball. And, yeah, everyone, it's a good, and honestly, it's a good team building thing in that setting because it takes everyone away from the work environment. And we're yeah. just playing and having a good time, you know. Most of the tours have gotten to the point where, Depending on the tour, depending on how busy I am with my job and my role, sometimes I don't get to set it up until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I've shown a couple people how to set it up. And so they're first thing out of the truck. They're like, where's it going today? And so we pick a spot. <laughs> and as soon as it comes out of the truck, they'll set it up and start playing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, you do have a, another game you're thinking about bringing. Oh, on the road? Yeah. Which one? Oh, well, yeah. So originally – so. Pinball machine is number one, right? We added a pinball machine. And then it takes up a lot of space in the truck. So at some point, you you know, on some of these tours we do, we have two semis worth of gear we're bringing. Mm-hmm. And space is at such a premium in the semis because you're trying to bring a lot of production to do shows that this pinball machine takes up a fair amount of space. Uh-huh. So at one point, I want to add a second machine. Well, at some point then, the cases I'm bringing to the tour are taking up 12 feet of a truck, that's a quarter of the truck at that point in just fun. You know what I mean? Like like at some point, someone's going to go, wait a minute, I need this piece to actually make the show happen. Why don't we have room for this Mm -hmm. piece? So this year, I added a ping pong table. I've always wanted a ping pong table, so I built a case for a ping pong table, and it lives in the case, and you uncap the case, and the ping pong table folds out, and you play ping pong, and, you know, that comes in every day. We've done tournaments now. Like, we have tournaments out on the road. Mm-hmm. Fantastic picture I'll send you. We bought short shorts, and, like, <laughs> wearing short shorts that literally came, like, right to below the sack. And, like, when we, had, we were doing teams, so I come out with my partner, and we're wearing our short uh-huh. shorts, just, and, like... 
the road manager for the artist and the artist both were like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, come on, it's good fun. Right. And so now I've been talking about putting a uh, bubble hockey table out there. Okay. And actually having like a Czechs hockey. I bought another one just for that purpose. And so... Again, the problem is that the case will be so big. I was just it's thinking a, about that a, in my head. It's a, a lot of space. Case. You could, in theory, rebuild the base mm. and make it a case and bring the electronics into the base of the unit. Yeah, they, yeah, that's true. You could do it that way. Because there is inherently with a bubble hockey machine, the way the cases kind of go together, there's clamps and stuff that have to be turned to, to tighten everything up. But you need that base to be almost as big as the machine to, mm-hmm. to functionally get the thing together and apart every day so mm-hmm. you're not struggling with it. Because the way the pinball case is designed is it's three different pieces that pop off of the case that I can do myself because it had to be designed to where I could do it and didn't need someone to help me and then put it back together. So the, the, the bubble hockey, I'm struggling to figure out how it's going to come in pieces to make it function that way. So we'll see. But again, it's a big case. And yeah. It takes up a lot of space, yeah. so we'll see. Because the I'm, regr- I'm 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 taking a step back from it, kind of looking at it, going, eh, do we have room for that? Because you know. there's a single driver board, <clears throat> there's a speaker, and there's the power supply. Yeah, there's not a lot of stuff to move you, around. You don't need any of the. Yeah. Oh, you have an original for it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That all could be brought in. Yeah, you're right. No base, and you could use a new power supply, the yeah. new arcade ones, which are you know two inches tall by. Four to six inches. Right. Which are nothing. <laughs> Is that what it sounds like? Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yes, you could do that. Um, it won't be that bad. And then the road case itself would somehow have to have either like lid from the bubble. Right. Could get put as the base. Right. Or legs or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it. it, it the pinball case is an example. The idea is that you're trying to do it so there's as little necessity to construct it right once you're there so ideally it's lids that pop off and mm-hmm. away you go but they're that's pretty sizable lids how do you yeah. have lids then huh how do you do the pinball machine height uh so basically i built a tr- so the i measured you know a standard pinball machine where it sits and then you just work backwards and go okay it's this far to the ground so the wheel takes up four inches. The plywood that's attached to takes up three quarter inches. You just gotta work it backwards. So then what I did is then the the it's a tray that the pinball machine sits on, almost like a table that's at an angle. But then that bottom piece that it sits on is drawers. It's got some drawers for tools and stuff like that and spare parts. And then it sits on that tray, and the tray is the exact size of the pinball machine. And then they just took uh, what they call metal extrusion. Like it's just, it's aluminum, you know, like an angle iron. Like angle iron you buy at the Home Depot, but it's aluminum. And then it bolts into the two bolts that the legs bolt into. And then just comes down the side over the top of the outside of the tray it's sitting on. And because there's four around each corner, it doesn't go anywhere. And then I've got a, 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 a strap that just a one inch ratchet strap or three quarter inch ratchet strap that goes underneath the base all the way around the bottom of the base so it has all the way to the pinball machine and everything that's in it sitting on it and then goes up around over the head and just ratchets oh, it so just to kind of fully hold it in enclose place. the pin yeah no it's fully enclosed and then there's, there's lids a lid. that go on top oh, of that okay but it's already preset at the right height sure so it doesn't so break down any small so, so does it you basically tip the head down and then, put lid on. and then put the lids on, so and then all you have to so do is So it pop is the head tall on. as hell because yeah. it's a full yeah, cabinet. It sits there. 
Yeah, so I, I it, guess, yeah. yeah, in my head, I was thinking that it went like down into a box. No. And then somehow I like, went on top of no, the box. No, it's sitting already basically on the box. Okay. So you um, literally pull these lids off, and then you open the head, mm-hmm. and it would be exactly like you had a pinball machine sitting in your the, basement. The lids must go below the flipper buttons then, so you got... Correct, yeah. Every, it come, it's Basically, it sits on a tray. So oh, the tray so the is the, okay. it's like a wheel plate is what it's called. It's like the dollies you buy from Home Depot that have the you know the yeah. four wheels, right? Yeah. That's the base. Everything attaches to that base and as you know as dumbed down it. as possible. Those pieces come off, so it still sits in that tray at all times. That's why you can swing it around so easily. Dude, I think we could make this bubble hockey work, man. I mean, I could make the bubble hockey work. It's just a big piece to be putting in a truck every day. Once you got all premium. the. All the handles sticking all, all over the place. Well, yeah, I mean, the, basically the lids would go just outside of those handles Which if they're pushed all the a way. Large in. amount of space. So it's yeah, it's big. it's big, it's big. So that's it's why about I've, the size of a pin, though, sideways. Yeah, but it's square, and that's yeah. the yeah. problem. Yeah, and it's and it's square. And it's tall because the dome. Yeah, and it's square in a shape that isn't a lot like like in the industry. There are certain sizes. Like oh, everyone does everything like thirty by thirty, right? Everything has like a specific size, but for the most part, some of that stuff is generically sized. Because of the size of this case and the size of the piece, you'll never be able to stack it on top of stuff. Yeah, so it yeah. is taking up floor space in a truck. So I don't know. I'm thinking. I, listen, it's it's a work in progress. We'll see if I get to it. Part of me wants to put another pinball machine out there. You know, like build another case. Put another pinball, buy a cheaper pinball machine, System 11, and put that <laughs> Obviously out Obviously the Elite game. <laughs> right, exactly. Put that out there and go. Cool sharks. Yeah, right? Well, see, I had Family Guy out there. That was the first machine we had out on the road. And it, it the other piece of it is it, I know what I'm looking for for something that is going to be a lot of fun, but inherently won't need a lot of tech time. Mm. You know, like Family Guy... There's a lot of stuff that goes underneath ramps and playfields. So if something gets stuck around the back, you've got to pop the mini playfield off and you've got to dig to get that in. And sometimes, like, Family Guy was a pain in the ass on the road. That's why it finally came off. I'm seeing that machine for tech time maybe an hour a day. That's it. So I have an hour to take it off, diagnose what the problem is, see if I have the part on the road with me, to fix the problem, to put the thing back together because I no longer have time in the day to work on it. And then you've already wasted all your whole hour. Exactly. And listen, depending on where that is, this thing gets put rolled in and out of a semi and goes bouncing down the road. I kind of want the thing put back together so it doesn't get damaged more bouncing down the road. So Family Guy inherently had a, a few issues that I just couldn't keep it constantly working to my standards. So I pulled it off the road. Got an ACDC and put an ACDC out there, and, and that one has been, I don't think I've had any problems. Knock on some type of wood. Um, it's been solid for four and a half years now at this point, and, and everyone loves it. Well, know. there you go. That's yeah. a really great game, though. Well, That's a great game. You're in the music industry. Yeah. It would make sense to me. Yeah. Exactly. Would I love to put a Metallica out there? Absolutely. You know, some artists might not appreciate Metallica's kind of the graphics and, you know, they swear and stuff like that. ACDC doesn't swear, so. Aerosmith won't be bad. That's a really fun game, Aerosmith. The problem is, and so here's the other thing. By the time you build the case, Uh, by the time I buy an Aerosmith, I'm five plus, probably six grand into this thing out there. Yeah. That's three System 11s for oh, my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually four System 11s. <laughs> so that's why I'm trying to find something that's cheaper to take out there. Water so. World is cheap as hell. 
I, I don't see that thing making it a day before it just falls apart. <laughs> you open the case one day and the thing just goes like the uh, like the turkey did in uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh, did you ever God. see that? Yeah. Where it's just, and then there it is, a pile of parts. <laughs> but the D's would still be there. That's true. The D's. Oh, Jesus. D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Have you talked about, because I can't remember, have you talked about Parnell's box of uh, Mario Brothers cereal? Oh, we haven't talked about that. Oh, I ate it all. It's gone now. Oh, is it gone? So do you save the box and now it goes somewhere on a shelf? Correct. Really? To collect dust. Yes, to collect dust. There's a, an he Amiibo all over scanner. Town for this box, by the yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, no, Nikki took... searched all over town for this box. By the way, I was off Galvant in <laughs> yeah. Vegas. Exactly. Nikki's the one who found it. Nice. <laughs> There's an Amiibo NFC card in it, so I can tap That's it against right. my Switch when I'm playing Odyssey. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So it had a purpose. It had some purpose. Did you have to eat the entire box to find the sw- the the thing? No, but I feel like oh, I right. did. So that's what I did. Yeah. Right. I just he literally I, he probably did to you texted me a picture of the box <laughs> and was so proud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I let yeah. Steve try it because when he came to record the other podcast, I had just eaten a bowl. And it then, was good, but I had just eaten a bowl of <laughs> Lucky Charms. No, Fruity Pebbles with marshmallows. Oh, oh Fruity so. Pebbles are my jam. I love Fruity Pebbles. Never done it with marshmallows though. It's it's that much better. Wow. I used to eat fruity pebbles. I'm a, I'm a finish the fruity pe- finish the milk thing. Oh yeah, it was always oh. two bowls of fruity pebbles because by the mm. end it, it was, was just sugar milk, milk oh, and it was it. delicious. Yes, and yes. it was colored. It was so yes. good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love fruity pebbles. Mm. I might go buy because we don't have that kind of stuff in our house anymore. Because you know we try to eat healthy, sure. or, or I'm told to. Sure. Um, I might go buy a box of fruity pebbles since my wife's gone for three months. Oh. I Just might kill a box of fruity pebbles. Go have to get another box of Mario cereal, just so I can have two boxes now. <laughs> well, that's what I had asked. What him. would be good is if they had like Yoshi on one. Yeah, like that would be cool. on Oh one. gosh, there's a marketing genius yep. have on the other oh, side Steve, of the table over there. You just gave Nintendo <laughs> exactly a million, a huge revenue. <laughs> Will they stream. take it? First thing Look I asked was like, did he buy two boxes so he didn't have to ever open one oh. and it sat on the shelf, oh. and then he had one he could eat. Why would you want that cereal to go bad, though? You're not. It's like when you buy the stupid yeah. figurines that people buy. Oh, New in box, open, you don't open it. Yeah, I have to open my stuff. Yeah, right. I gotta play with. Yeah, it. I'm the same way. No, not with your shoes. Oh, that may be true. I have sure. a Vans issue, so I collect Vans shoes. So how do you keep them, like, do you keep them in well, a box? They just stick in the box and sit on a shelf. What? He has Star Wars Vans. I have a bunch of Star Wars vans, a bunch of the Nintendo vans that were released, but I buy two pairs. I buy a pair to go. Uh, so they're not like presentable. What do you mean? Are, are, are you're not are showing they, them. Are off. they on display? No, they're not display. They're just in my closet. Oh my god! So I've got all the boxes <laughs> of the ones I'm saving that are up on the shelf in the closet. So you just expect your child to like sell them when you die and make a bunch of money, or what? There's no plan. No. There's, there's no plan. <laughs> there's never a plan when you're collecting things. <laughs> I feel like I need to go buy a pair and see if they fit my feet nice, and then I will start collecting vans. Yeah, you'll hate them. They don't fit well. They suck for long periods of time, mm. like when you're playing pinball or stuff like that. But they're cool. they got great designs on them. So, yes, I collect them by the, the twos Okay. when they're that kind of stuff, like the, the entire Nintendo line that came out, and Duck Hunt, and they did all those. And so bought two pairs. One goes on a shelf. One to potentially wear someday and then one goes stays in the box up on top interesting but you know those I'll pull out and I'll wear game nights and stuff like that but 
the ones you're saving on the shelf, you may wear. The ones on the shelf are there to wear. So I pulled down, I think I pulled down one of the Nintendo pairs when it was league night and wore those downstairs to the basement for three hours. The but, ones that are in the box will never be worn. Oh, you are keeping those? Yeah, those stick in the box to oh, never but, be But you worn. have no idea of what you're going to do with them. No, there's no plan. <laughs> I feel like you could sell them on eBay for bajillions of dollars. It seems like it. Why would I do that? So why would you keep them? Because then you don't have them. If you sell them, you don't have them. You're a hoarder. We're all hoarders now. I mean, yes. At some point, all the ones that are up on the thing will probably go away if I don't ever wear them. I mean, I have 86 pairs of Vans right now. So I don't even ever need to buy another pair of Vans. I might not get through all the ones I own. I have a slight shoe problem because that's because I buy a pair of shoes for every activity. Like auto racing, I have a pair of shoes. Paddle boarding, I have a pair of shoes. Flip-flops. Uh, outdoor hiking sandals, yeah. boot shoes, athletic shoes, gym shoes, you know. So my wife makes fun of me for having all these shoes and they get in the way. Now my new excuse is, well, at least it's not Chris. It's true. I have a set of cowboy boots. I have my tennis shoes. And I have a pair of snow boots. Good on you. Good on you. <laughs> you know when he... my wife moved in, when she sold her house, uh-huh. and then she decided she was moving, she, when she had her house, she had an entire bedroom, because she lived alone, had an entire bedroom that was her closet in this house. Really? Yeah. Now, it was a small A-frame, so but the still. rooms were small, but she had an entire room that was her closet. And when she was moving, I said, you can't bring, bring all your shoes. She probably had over 100 pairs of shoes. Mm. And so she had a huge rummage sale and sold. She's like, I sold all these shoes. And I think she still showed up with 40 pairs of shoes. Well, now she's slowly gotten it back up because we redesigned her closet. I added a bunch of shoe racks. She, she, she fills them. So, But same thing. I can't complain about her when she buys a pair of shoes. Because if I go, what do you need those new pair of shoes? She just goes, hmm. And looks across the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. goes, hmm, okay. Yeah. So you got a shoe so and just a keep pinball quiet. problem. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, the cocaine problem we can't talk about. So I'll get in trouble. <laughs> but, you know. Making noises. Yeah, no, those are really me. it. Yeah, those yeah. are the only two issues. And both of those have been curbed a bit. Um, yeah, I think we, well, all of us, now that we have yeah. the family starting, we right. all kind of have to tone back a little bit. But Well, I have friends who, you know, priorities change. And you'll probably find this as you start getting into it with, you know, the little one and so forth. You don't think you have time for pinball now. Obviously, you know, that's going to get worse. I have a friend who basically kind of got out because it's nothing to do. You One know, more problem. There's no time. Is when you add a kid, there is more stuff you can collect because you can collect stuff for them. Oh, listen. I just, my two uh, god kids finally just got into Legos. Yeah. I have a, a sizable Lego collection that I have amassed. I don't sure. collect it anymore. I know people who still collect it, but I don't collect it Are these it like sets? Or is this just random Legos? No, no, sets. And so now I'm like, sweet, I don't have room to buy Legos anymore. Right. I don't have time for Legos anymore, but man, I can live vicariously through these kids. Right. And I have no problem doing it. So you, you're not giving them yours. You're no, just no, buying no. them buying sets. new ones, yeah. yeah. Like, my son has gotten big into Ghostbusters, so now we've bought... Do you know what Playmobiles are? They're yeah, like, yeah. They're like absolutely. Legos. Yeah. For little yeah. kids. We have... Yeah. I think oh, we don't have all of them, but we have almost all of the Playmobil Ghostbusters, which yeah, costs yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. You know, but one little piece at a time doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, but same with like, uh, there's Blaze and the Monster Machines, these things like Monster Trucks. 
we own them all. Yeah. Like a new one comes out and we buy them. Yeah. And honestly, he doesn't even play with Blaze and the Monster Machines anymore. <laughs> That's the worst part. He's like, we're not collecting this for him anymore, dear. This right. is just for our sake. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 the Legos actually are the thing that I realize that I am a kid and will always be a kid. There's no way around it because... I will go to the store to buy Legos for the God Kids and be like, "Ooh, that set would be cool." Mm-hmm. And, Ooh, if you bought all these sets together, you'd have the entire town and all that stuff. So I still just go kind of a twelve. The best is and it's never going to change. Have you seen the submitted kits from users? Or no. Like they have the Ghostbusters oh, house really? and yeah, the yeah. car. And oh, those were user submitted. Yeah, I didn't know those were user submitted. And, and you vote on them. But oh, oh, I see. They can build them and send them in because they sell a Ghostbusters firehouse. Yeah, that was the one that. So that was somebody submitted that idea, and then everybody votes on it. I don't know. If, I don't know if they so have then to it build gets it. Approved and then they make it. If they have to build it to mock it up, and then people vote, because. Right, right. I see. Or saying. if it was just like the idea, and everybody votes, and then they build it. But I'm saying, where did the firehouse come from? Because that set's like three hundred bucks. It's an expensive set. So did someone submitted? Either submitted the idea and or built it out of all their own Legos and said this is what it should kind of look like, and then they decide Lego decided to build it. Yeah, well, the Lego actually has a voting system. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, you, so yeah. you can go search people's stuff, and I you have too much time. Sometimes, <laughs> <clears throat> when Nikki talks to me, I just kind of zone out. <laughs> just kidding, that'd be bad. She doesn't listen to this, does she? No, no luckily. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. This is she like, will now. This is this is like a bad husband's therapy group no, going yeah, on. Exactly. But you then you realize that we actually did publish it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's not the best idea. So it's not bad because they could listen to it and call us out, but they're not gonna. Your wife actually texted me while we were talking and said, uh, Parnell. I can't get a hold of Chris. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I pulled my phone in because I I put it on mute and I don't have it on me. Oh shoot. Sorry. She goes, I'm worried. Oh, and I shit. haven't talked. And then I go, oh, yeah, we're recording a podcast. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And she was like, oh, my yeah, God. we got to stop. Right? Awesome. And then, then oh, my God. I was like, yeah, once I get, got him on pinball, you couldn't shut the hell up. <laughs> ah, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, well, for real, thank you, Chris. We yeah. had the crazy interview. And uh, we'll probably be seeing you soon-ish. House is always open. I say that to everyone. Excellent. House is always open. Doesn't have to be at MGC whenever you want to get away. Well, thank you very much for having this interview with us. It was an awesome time. I'm looking forward to seeing how many corrections we can do. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, we did it again. All right. All right. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. Over and out. I got it. <laughs>